This is a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com. Ian Boltzmann. Natalie Fubar, what you've just told me. Wait till you hear this. All right, welcome to the show. It's the 25th of November. God, it's flown by, hasn't it, this year? It's flown by. Maybe it's not. Let us know if it has for you or not. Uh, give us a tweet, because we're not here. This is a pre-record. But give us a tweet at Fubar Radio and let us know if the year has flown by for you or if it hasn't. Because I think it only flies by when you're old. When you're old, yeah. Otherwise, it just glides yeah. by. No, it just drags Strags. on. Drags. Oh no. Oh, Jay Foreman's on at four thirty, by the way. I don't mean he's got a show. I mean he's a guest on this show. Yeah. He's gonna be on talking about his tour. Uh, then at five o'clock, Lawrence Fox is in the studio. Yes. Foxy Lawrence, as I always call him, he'll be talking <laughs> about his new album, A Grief Observed, and his single, The Distance. Out now. Out now in big letters. And at 5.30, um, I'll be back in a second, Nat fell off a chair. Okay, she's back, back up, right? 5.30, Stefan Pierre Mitchell is in the studio talking about his documentary, Deleted, which made Nat cry. I did it. Ian Bolton. Hi, welcome to the show. Um, don't get too close, I had some onion this morning. Oh, in your wrap. I can taste it. In your southern fried chicken wrap. Yeah, just got that on the train down. Got a bit, no, I'd say chewing gum. It's not very... No, I'm not allowed chewing gum. Oh, yeah. Teeth in it. Teeth. Just pull them all out and that. Can you suck a smin? <sighs> Depends if he buys me a drink or not. It's a jumbo one. <laughs> yeah, have you got one? It's a large one. Yeah, yeah I've, got, I've got one next door. I have a massive smint there, yeah. Oh, yeah, do definitely. you know what? I've got the knockoff ones, but they're still good. What are they called? Stint. They're from Lidl or Audi. They're good. Okay. They're just not as chunky. Yeah, no, I'll text some mints. Oh, definitely. I'll get one for you. I feel quite self conscious. I bumped into um, Sean Walsh. Yes, yeah, On says. the tube just now. And he was sat down and I was stood up and I was leaning down to talk to him. And oh. I felt self conscious then. I thought, like, oh, God, I've just had onion. I bet, oh, no. I bet he's thinking, God, he just stinks, Bellsworth. He's like, what's happened to him? <laughs> we, were just, we were just two little cast outs there on the, on the tube, on the me tube. and Walsh. Well, um, this is when you're ongoing, people. You're always texting me. Yeah. Generally, it's when you've left the show. No, actually, it is before, because you brought Richard Herring well, in when you before. bumped into yeah. him. I swear you bumped into Johnny once and he came I told Sean he could come in, but then I started laughing and I think he thought I was joking. Oh, no. <laughs> we about Sean on. Yeah. Um, but last time you left here, you saw a train spotting actor. Ewan Bremner? You did, yes. I did, yeah. Spud? He was on the phone. He was on the telephone. He looked quite animated. He looked a lot like Spud when he was talking. Oh, right, okay. He's that sort of thing. So I didn't have a chance to chat to him. No. Not that I have anything to say. Right, Ewan. Other than, hello. Have you ever done that, <laughs> Well though? done on your train spotting. But have you ever done it with someone that you'd say, oh, hello, and then it occurs to you when you're talking to him, I don't know this person. I've just Matt met Lucas. Them. you just met them from, or seen them on TV, yeah. Yeah, the first time I met Matt Lucas, um, well, no, it's actually not the first time I met him. I met him briefly in Edinburgh one year when I was flyering in 99. But I met him subsequently. Myself and Ed were going to do an interview at Dave. Okay. Um, I can't remember what it was for, but as we were walking to the building, Matt Lucas was outside. And I went, hi, Matt. And he went, hello. And then um, when he came in, mm. I said, I've never done that before, where I've just said hello to someone. I don't actually know them in real life. Okay. And he said, oh, well, I know you. And then he started talking about Peacock and Gamble. And then he did, he'd work, he did something with you, didn't he, once? We did an interview with him. Yes, yeah. 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 I stayed in touch with Matt for a little yeah. bit. I've not spoken to him for a long time. And he in Les Mis now. 
Uh, I think that was a while ago. Or maybe no, I think it's he's not. still in. I think, no he, idea. I think he's in Lamers in the West End night. Uh, I did that with Lee Ryan from Blue once. Did you? I've met him. But he didn't. It, he just looked at me like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> what I know about Lee Ryan from Blue. Yeah, right. He would look at you like that anyway. <laughs> if you were his mum. I think I think all of Blue are a bit like that from my um, experience of them. Simon, who I've met, is very nice. Do you not think they're all like children? No, 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 no. Why? What did Simon do? No, nothing. <laughs> no, nothing. He's just. He's, it's a story he's there, not, isn't there? No, honest, what did he do? No, he didn't do anything. It's just that he is the manager of someone that comes on this station quite a lot, and all he right. popped in with him, and he was really nice. Offered to make tea. Love that. Is he the one that I saw in Panto last year? I honestly don't know. Could be. It was one of Blue. What would he look like? Black boy. Yeah, there's Simon Webb then. I saw him play Aladdin last year <coughs> with Biggins. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> Felt really sorry for him. I mean, it'd be, it'd have been killing money in. Like yeah, far more course. money than I've seen. Panto does a lot, doesn't Yeah, it? so he'd have been caning in money. But there was just a bit in the show where he sang um, a blues song on his own, just all by himself. Oh, he's a very good singer. He was good, but I had this theory that all of Blue were all in Panto in different places and they had it written into their contract that when they sing All Rise or whatever they were singing, it's good, yeah, it's all um, when they all sing that, they have to be singing it at the same time, just in different well, locations. Night, different, yeah. Maybe what, they do a sync-up at one time. Yeah, it's got to be time to perfection. Oh, lovely. I, that would be really good. That's written good. into their contracts. So that, uh, they, so that they never feel like they're being... Um, backstabby to the other members of Blue. That's good. I think they all still get on. I've got no idea at all. Just didn't go well with Lee Ryan. And the other one I did it was with Fella from Cold Feet. Who, Let's who talk about Blue, Blue for a bit longer. Okay. What, um, where did you meet him at? Who? Lee Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> was it Lizzie Cundy's birthday party? Of course it was. <laughs> of course it was a Lizzie Cundy's birthday party. And so now... But that's now, where I met Jim Davidson. Exactly. We both <laughs> met him there, didn't we? We both did. Oh, was that that night? That was that night, yeah. So was he there then? You'd left. Now I'm thinking back. I probably I wasn't sober, was I? So that's you probably weren't. No, why. you were a tip. That's do you know what? Why. Bizarrely, I saw the photos from that the other night. Well, do you know, hold on. Can we just clarify? When you, you took the tip. photos, it was me blinking, mm. which you put on Twitter. Which I was furious. Yeah, uh, and one of uh, Adam, and then right. one you said one was one was Duncan, and it wasn't Duncan. It was another random guy on the tube. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, but I was just blinking at that point. Yeah. You should have got me towards the end of the evening. Then I was a proper tip, proper and I'm guy. trying to chat to Lee Ryan. I remember you being drunk. Um, I don't remember Lee Ryan being there. I remember chatting to Jim Davidson for quite a while. Casey Bachelor. I remember chatting to her for mm. a while. And I liked uh, her very much. Very nice. Yeah, we liked her. Who else um, was there? I, I'd not gone because it was Lizzie Cundy's. But I've never met Lizzie Cundy to this day. I don't think no, I met her that, that night. We sat outside, didn't we? Yeah. Mm. Um, but I didn't go to a birthday Davidson party. Yeah, I just, <laughs> right, just right down. So you were like, yeah, okay, I'm going to come. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to come. Um, no, it was wasn't it Christmas drinks or something, something or like some, that. Some sort something, of drinks. It was that time of year, yeah. It's yeah. Festive. Yeah. So that's why I was there. But we sat outside, had a nice chat. We did have a, it was. I remember it being a relatively nice night. Yeah, it was a good night actually. Yeah, yeah apart yeah. from Jim Davidson ruining everything. Yeah, but I've still got that photo of him where I photo bombed him. Um, I've got a photo of him with of Adam with Jim Davidson in the distance behind him. No, that's me with Jack. That's Jack, surely. No, I don't. I'm, well, I'm giving him evil eyes. No, I've not got that picture. Oh, I'll show you that one. It's a good I know because I looked at them the other night. I've been transferring everything over onto one hard drive. Yeah. And so I went there. I found it quite upsetting. Why? Have you ever done that? Have you, how many photos do you think you've got? Oh, on my phone? Just in life. How many do you think you have? I've, I've probably hundreds now because I've purged a lot. Right. I know that I've got on hard that's drives. 11,000 photos. Oh, well, you don't need that many photos, though, surely. Oh, sorry about that. But the reason I know that is because I did them one by one. Oh, God. The other Sunday. 11,000? 11,000, 11, yeah. yeah okay. I, was, I was doing them in That's blocks of two and 2,700 I was doing them in. 
Um, and what happened was, yeah. because of that, it was like reliving horrible parts of your life. Do you know yeah, what I mean? You sort I of, do. And, and then all the photos around it. So did you delete some of them? I didn't delete many, to be honest, no. It's okay. Tends to keep pictures as evidence. <laughs> oh, look what I've just found on my I'll phone. Just me when I was in Canada. <laughs> what? Who's that? It's just a poster in a gay bar. A poster in a gay bar of you touching a man's penis? Yeah, poster. I'm can, pointing can you send at, me that? I'm pointing at No, absolutely no way. You're well, crazy. Well, I'm I not going to Photoshop it, am I? We know nothing to Photoshop there. Anyway, back to Blue. Yeah. I met them the first time on Jonathan Ross's show. When, when I was you were doing warm-up, yeah. And um, I found them quite entertaining as people, but I wouldn't have been surprised... Surprised? That was Arthur Strong. I wouldn't have been surprised if there wasn't a GCSE amongst them. <laughs> That's how I felt. How, now, hold on. How old? They were quite young then, weren't they? No, they weren't. Fair. They were coming back. It was a comeback. Okay. So it wasn't when they were kids. And you met all of them, you say? I met all of them, yeah. Mm. At the end of the night, some of them were outside smoking cigarettes. <laughs> they were. Le and legal cigarettes. And of, yeah, and one of them gave a backy to another one on a motorbike. <laughs> oh, with a helmet. That's how they I seen them with a helmet. I don't know, no, I can't remember. But point is, they were, they were like children. They were ve I mean, very yeah. much like children. Yeah. All, all four of them. Did you have a favourite member? I couldn't even name them for you. I had to ask There's you Anthony. what the name of There's the black Simon. lad was. There's Lee, and then there's Duncan. Right, okay. Well, good for them. I didn't have an issue with them. I wasn't... Nah, we're doing a radio show. Can I you, know, but can I you found stop it. going through your I photos? I found it. I've never seen that photo before in my life. Can I just... If we're looking... Maybe you'd gone by them, but... I don't like Jim Davidson in that picture, do well, I? Put it on your... No. Put it on the Twitter. No. Well, this is no good for a radio no. show, is it? You show me pictures and then say, I'm right. not showing them to I'm no one else. I'm telling you to describe it. You're supposed to describe it. You stop behind Jim Davidson. But we can say anything, dirty, can't we? Dirty eyes. Look, not in that way. Look, there's me from the same night in bed with Casey Bachelor. I wasn't. There's no, oh, yeah, and there's yeah, no yeah. photo. That is true. <laughs> she won't let me take one. Um, um, okay, so... You've joined Instagram, Nat. Yeah, but I need to speak to Lawrence Fox about this later because he's really good at it. Fine well, not. actually, Jay Foreman seems to be too. Who? Jay Foreman. I think it's a Joe Foreman then. He's a boxer. Is he? Oh, I do. I've heard of him. Um, Jay Foreman does all songs and that. Yeah, he does. He's going to do one today, apparently. Why? I've not agreed to that. It's fun. a bit embarrassing, that, isn't it? No. Well, we wouldn't get anyone else coming in and doing a bit they from their really act. They haven't offered, have they? When we have stand-ups and we don't go, well, go on, do, do us five minutes. It's different from being a, a song person. Singers, we don't get them to sing. No, but if they offered to, I'd say yes. Is this part of the agreement you've had with him, that he's it's got not, to be allowed to play a it's song? It's not an agreement. He said, can I play a song? I said yes. She said no. She said no, what are you thinking of? As a singer, what are you thinking of? Try yeah, as a singer who's having an interview. Well, after the interview, you'll go, lovely chat, Jay. Yeah. Well, how about it's this now then? song time. <laughs> well, how about this then? In that bit, I'll go out and have a vape for a bit while he's singing. Not, I've no problem with this song. Why is he doing yeah. the song? Like they were done in a normal chat show. Hold on. So on a normal oh, chat he show... He doesn't pop out of set, does he, when someone... When Definitely. The, when the, whoever he has on. Definitely. Jamie Cullum's doing a piano bit. All right, then I'll do it like Jonathan Ross. When he's singing his song, I'll just sit here and just tap cards on the desk along with it. Well, I think what happens is they cut them somewhere else. It goes dark, so if we turn the lights off on you... Yeah. That's quite great. And then I, can, then I can fuck off out of it. Yeah, but it'll only be like three minutes. Well, that's, I can just fuck off out of it for three minutes. All right, okay. I don't want to hear a song. I don't even want to hear this one I'm putting on now. It's going on far too long, this song. It's a good song, Nine Inch Nails. I love Nine Inch Nails. I'm sick of it. Let's just chat for a bit with it underneath us as a bed. That's a lovely. Professional. Just telling you, did you hear that that Children in Need album that that lad was promoting? Mark Delissa? Yeah. Been banned, mate. Been banned? Yeah. Now, why has it been banned? It's been chucked out of the charts, mate. Because? Because it's a compilation album. 
and you can't have a compilation album in the main charts so it's that not means banned. a greatest hits would no longer be eligible to be um i think there's a loophole with that i don't know if this ever actually happened it, that's what they were going to do so it was on course to be number one easy yeah of course and then Olivia the, then the chart apparently threw it out because it wasn't eligible to be in the main chart kind of a compilation of in the main chart of different oh. artists i don't think so maybe a greatest hits album would be allowed right i don't know what the details are i don't even know if the wealth of public opinion stopped this from happening i don't really follow the news but that was the bit that i read i tried to look it up you went don't you can so look I it up now. To get the facts in i, I just said there are all the facts, facts that i know okay i wanted to tell you without you looking it up because you were really shocked you were like as if you found out one of them was I, a paedophile or something well i was like what do you mean it's been banned our album not just the old show yeah don't just google children in need do you watch it hang on do I watch what? Children in Need. Of course I don't watch Children in Need. No, I didn't. Oh, the Children in Need. Have you booked Pee Wee Herman yet on the show? <laughs> no, I haven't booked Pee Wee Herman. Could you book him, please? Um, Children in Need album featuring stars like Jodie Whittaker, but we liked her. Olivia Coleman has been removed yep, told you. from the race because yep. they knew it was going to get to number one, didn't they? Yeah. Features actors singing. It's been moved to the, the compilations, compilations chart. Well, it'll nail that number one there, won't it? Well, this was ages ago, wasn't it? But Simon from Children in Need said he was deeply saddened by yep. the decision. He's the chief executive, not just Simon, that works at Children in Need. Yeah. What did you learn from the Prince Andrew interview, Nat? It just says there six things we learned from the Prince Andrew well, interview. What did you learn? I, I feel I... I felt it was not dissimilar to an episode of The Parapod. <laughs> I think I'm very much the Emily Maitlis. What did we learn? I don't know Parapod. what I learned. Didn't you feel like my takeaway was, I would like to not sweat? Hmm. I would be happy to. I'm not sure what he... So he said he got PT... It was kind of PTSD that stopped him sweating. And was that done, the implication? And he's, I think so. And he's done some... I'll be honest with you. I've not watched it. I've, I've watched, watched like, the clip. I've watched the yeah, clip. that's all I've seen. But then he did some things, he said, to bring on the sweating again. And I thought, I'd like to do whatever you did to not... To I would stop. like to not sweat. Go yeah. to a war then. Yeah, go to a war and get shot at. That's what you need, apparently. <laughs> Could um, you do that? I was excited about the Pizza Express in Woking, which is where I'm from, what getting a shout out. What did he say about that? Um... It's a very nice Pizza Express there, by the way. So he, he said, said um, that he couldn't have been with this young uh, girl in Tramp Nightclub in central London because right. he was in Pizza Express in Woking. Okay. I think it was like 20 years ago. Because everyone right, okay. remembers their time in Pizza Express in Woking. Right. But, I mean, good... the royal family will have, like, everything they do will be catalogued. Yeah. Well, did There'll you... be extensive records where you can say they were here at this day and they were this on this day. You, I'm yeah, sure you that's the case. So. I didn't learn any of this, but... He wanted to. He also he flew to America. Yeah. Because you know you gotta be polite when you want to break up with a friend. Is that what he was doing? You don't tell him anymore by the phone or okay. text. Okay. Or in those days, you have you fly to wherever they might be in the world, and yeah. you tell him, "I'm just gonna stay here for a few days, and then the friendship's done." Okay. Go for a little walk in the park. Well, that's plausible, though. Yeah, it's plausible. It's putting. If end that's to the, the way somebody. I mean, to be honest, yeah. But I'm not, by the way, I'm not defending no one. I don't. I don't know the facts. No. And nor do you. No, I don't. By the that way. Is no, it. I'm talking to the listener. Oh. Nor do I you. I definitely don't. Nobody does. Nobody no. knows the facts. So this is all having to be, you know, assessed via he says, she says, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I could never make a definitive call on this at all, be that in defence or condemnation. Um, however, I, they are a law unto themselves, the royal family, in terms of, I mean, that's a, ironic, isn't it? But mm. in terms of their lives are just different. Yes. So, so things that we might go, that's nonsense. Why would you do that? Doesn't mean that they wouldn't. Okay. 
Um, Not just the royal family, actually, anybody. Some yeah. people are just like that, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, just to clarify, yeah. he wasn't necessarily being shot at, but he got. Uh, he said he got what I would describe as an overdose of adrenaline in right. the Falklands War when I, was, right. oh, when I was shot at, and I simply, it was almost impossible for me to sweat. Is that a thing? Is, is that is the medical... Is well, the, the thing is, can you get an overdose of adrenaline? Over, why do I call it an overdose? An, an overdose of adrenaline, but not by something else than being shot at. I don't know. Well, we need to look that doctor. up because I'm wondering if you can help <laughs> me with this. No idea. If you can help me with this. I would, I'd be interested to see if there's precedent for this condition. Mm, if anybody Rare else or has otherwise, had the overdose. I'd be interested uh, if you've had an overdose and you can't sweat. Um, be lovely in the summer, though. I, just, I don't like any of this sort of thing, this trial by social media, though. It really, uh, it, like, it, regardless well, of what the actual situation is, I just don't like, I don't like this pile-on thing. I don't mean from a sympathy point of view. I mean in terms of just people shouting the odds on social media and saying things as definitive fact. Well, this is the problem nowadays with anything, with any article that comes out or any TV appearances, that people will tweet about something in that moment and then other people will judge it because of that. And then yeah. like I'm saying I haven't seen the full interview, so I don't know exactly and I'm not going to rush the judgment. From a clip I've seen, yeah. it does seem a bit extraordinary. And so what? But they're all floundering but, buffoons. What, the royal family? Generally speaking, yeah. They are, though. Yeah, yeah. They totally are. His dad's the same. Yeah. His brother's the same. Both his brothers are the same. I mean, William and Harry kind of aren't. They're a little bit or more Or Harry certainly isn't, you know. No, and I feel more, less so even now that he's married to Meghan because right. she certainly had a life outside of the royal family. Yeah. It's not what she's been brought up And William's up got a bit of the old, you know, Windsor bluster to him as well. A little bit, yeah. So that's not unusual. To the, you could watch any of them talking and go, God, you absolute idiot. I mean, you don't know about things, do you? You don't pop to Burger King when you're hungover because, like, you know, you've got, like, you live in a palace. Yeah, Peter Express, isn't it? Pizza Express in Woking. Good Pizza Express, mate. Afternoon, yeah. It's a very on, good on that one. particular evening. Now, well, Pizza Express uh, recently was in the press because it might be under threat of closure. So it's going to really? help or harm it, do you think? What? What? Andrew's saying, yeah. <laughs> Andrew saying that he was having a nice lunch in there. I don't know. I didn't know they were under threat of closure. Yeah, it's just quite sad, really. Why? Just losing a lot of money That's per year. Horrible, isn't it? I like Pizza Express. Do you? Yeah, what's Why? the problem with it? Food's really nice. Nah, not for me. When's the last time you went to a Pizza Express? Yeah, the last time I went to a Pizza Express was with Barry. How long ago was it? It was on one of our birthdays. I think. Oh, I, I, I'm now imagining it'd be Barry's, not yours, if you're already under the potentially. Yeah. Like, you don't like her. Um, I'm not a fan of it at all. Do you like Aren't pizza? they like vegan or something? Oh, no. they've got some sort. Of, no, kosher. They're kosher. Oh, are they? Yeah, apparently so. Okay. So they don't have any pork in there. They've got pepperoni. Pepperoni. Yeah. Pepperoni. What was a starter? Pepperoni. Pepperoni. <laughs> you're maintaining this is a great restaurant. You're saying, yeah, the pepperoni from the start. <laughs> Do you like pizza? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So, what's right. your pizza restaurant of choice then? What of the chains? Anything, any. You've got a local. I've got a lot in, independent and lie, really. Okay, right, right. But but of the chains, I'd say Pizza Hut. Really, I don't like Domino's at yes, all. Yes, Pizza Hut. Um, I had Papa John's twice in my life. The first time I loved it. I thought I'm gonna get this all the time. The second time I got food poisoning. Oh, okay. So Domino's. Were you about to say it's interesting that you decided it wasn't? So you went, oh, interesting. Okay. So yeah, how's about to go? Domino's, you like that? No, I just said I don't like Domino's. Franco Manca? <laughs> pardon? That's a, <laughs> Big pardon, that. That's a, that's a little uh, smaller chain don't of restaurants that's very nice. don't know that one. I obviously love Pizza Hut because that's uh, where, where I used to be the manager of. My brother was as well. Mm. Now look at that, my brother was, as a kid, sort of teenager, was a peach, worked at Pizza Hut, worked his way up to management, then worked head of Lego, set up his own business. What did you do? <laughs> How did Pizza Hut give you your start in life? 
Well, it actually didn't pay. Paid, it paid my way through uni. I believe it's like, so it's but isn't it a well, well run, paid, well very run well company? Run. Yeah, I had to go on proper training courses to be the manager, and I felt bad because at the time, obviously, I was doing it because it was like a pay rise when I was at uni. I thought brilliant, yeah. um, pay rise from nothing. No, they pay you quite well, but you get tips. Oh, I see what you mean. You Sorry, tips. I think it meant a pay rise from uni. Oh, no, 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 no. So I was a waitress there when yes. I had to wear the T-shirts. Nice. Did you have, and, did you have flair? Oh, no, the, in, on the badges. I know yeah. what you mean. Did yeah, you wear no, any no, flair? Didn't, you just had your, your, no, there was no just flair. Just had your what? Just your name on it. Name, okay. Uh, but then they sent me to Boreham Wood, to okay. Wood Green, and to Park Royal to do training courses. Now, are they promotions or are they, is that like, oh, they've sent it to Boreham Wood? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to do mouth to mouth on a dummy. Did you? Yeah, okay. I have to you do all that. don't do that anymore. That's no, not anymore. I had to use a defibrillator. Nice. Shown how to use that. I had to learn about FIFO. Good. And uh, did you end up? Did you end up a manager yeah, at Pizza? How long were you there for? Uh, two years, I think. Two years, or a year and a half. King Street Hammersmith. Okay. And Big when, shout out. When I, it's not there anymore, sadly. Lots of them have closed. Did you blow it up? No, I didn't. I had a lovely time <laughs> Is there. Is it not there because you tried to get into it and you yeah, just put your foot get, through no, the roof? Pizza Hut's going out of business again, aren't they? It's, only, they? it's only really the deliveries that are still around. Really? I think most of the restaurants have closed. Or maybe there's a couple there's, in no, Central. There's a, there's a couple near me. No, they've all closed. But when I was presented with the shirt, the manager of shirt. Mm. The shirt of manager. Yeah. Um. It was at a party. Okay. And I was in a circle with like a Christmas drink. Was this a, was some sort a, of bukkake party? What was, was this? I was in a circle with people, like running around clapping. Um. And then I was. Well, it sounded like they were. I was, I was blindfolded. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was presented like, here is the shirt. Yeah. The manager shirt, and I thought this is really weird. But I had to go with it. They were like, no, now dance. <laughs> so, you had to dance. Yeah. In whilst I was in a circle. Now I've recently seen Midsummer. Not so dissimilar feeling to oh, that. Way. Oh, God. That don't film. Don't tell you. It scares me. I really thought about it. When I first watched it, I thought, it's two and a half hours. I'm not sure about this. Yeah. Flies by, though, doesn't it? Really Actually, does. it doesn't fly by, but it's it's a comfortable am- amount of time. Because when the first thing happens, that you're like, what the hell? Mm. You kind of, you know something's happening, but you're like, probably not going to be as bad as I think. And then mm. it does. And then you go, Jesus Christ. And then it goes absolutely berserk after that, doesn't mm. it? It really, I really thought about it for a few days but afterwards. It made me feel ill. That film. Well, I ruled out physically. Ill. Did it? Yeah. Well, yeah. because it, it, well, some of the things that you see, it, you do see things. It was the, the whole thing. I found really disorientating and really there was a lot of VFX in it of mm. things moving on the screen and stuff. I found it very disorientating, very upsetting. Right. And I also, do you know what? I loved the soundtrack. Really, really mm-hmm. liked it. And I was going to buy it the other week. And I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to check this on Apple Music. Because I've got Apple Music, mate. Oh, fancy. And I thought, I'll check it on Apple Music. And one of the songs on it, they've left on a scream from, like, a really oh, piercing yeah. scream. I don't like it. At the beginning. And I'm like, fuck that. I don't want it. I just want the music. I don't want any of the soundtrack at all. Yeah. I don't like that as a thing. I don't mind it so much if it's like Pulp Fiction was famously did that and Reservoir Dogs, where the soundtrack album had little snippets yeah. of dialogue. Yeah. I don't mind that as much. I was considering doing it with the Parapod soundtrack, but again, I'm not, I'd rather not, to be honest, I'd rather not have any dialogue on it. Okay. Because I think it should be all about the music, and because I use the music, that sort of music, to work to, if I'm at home writing or whatever, or whatever I'm doing, I'll have soundtrack albums on. Mm. The idea of something speaking over it, just... Yeah, it takes you out of the moment, yeah. yeah. Even if there's a song with lyrics on it, like the Batman Returns soundtrack, that's got a... A, a sung song on it it's like ah oh, fuck this I don't want that 
Is that the one that's a U2 one? I did a song for it. No, that was Batman Forever. And then there was Prince. Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me. I like that song. Prince did the The original Batman, but there wasn't much of his music actually on the soundtrack itself. The soundtrack was scored by Danny Elfman. Right. And Prince... Prince's stuff. The album was music from and inspired by uh, that Batman. Was, like, people do that, don't they? Inspired yeah. by the film. And that's a good album, you know. Prince's Batman album is mm. actually a really good album, okay. but it appears marginally in that film. Mm, okay. Danny Elfman is the sister brother of Jenna Elfman. You know is the actress? Right? No, I don't know. I know Dama Danny Elfman. and Greg? Don't know. You all know her? Both. Danny Elfman is not only a composer, he's also the voice of Jack Skellington. In a nightmare before Christmas. Oh, okay. Because yeah. he obviously works with. In fact, Tim he's Burton. doing that live at the Albert Hall. Oh, you go. A couple of weeks. No, don't really like it. He works with Tim Burton quite a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. That's brought everything to a film. We've got the film chat out of the way. We've got the film chat. Anyway, Joe Foreman's like, here. Jay I don't Foreman feel like that is the film chat. All sorted. No, we've got more to say on films. I quite. I still got a lot to say on Midsummer. I don't know what the hell to. Can you be quiet when Kid Creole's in the, <laughs> <laughs> in the building? As always, Nat's just been banging on about Andrew Garfield all the way through that I mean, song. We're, that we're all trying to listen to Kid Creole and the Coconuts, and Nat's banging on about Any Andrew Garfield. Kid Creole is on. I always it's like a trigger for Andrew said Garfield. He was in for a me. thing, what was he in? A thing on Channel Four that oh, yeah. was very good. Well done, ago. Andrew Garfield. But I don't want to... Underrated Spider-Man as well. Just didn't um, quite look right, did he? Let's be honest. He was slightly too old. Didn't watch it. It's good. We're joined now. You look very like you didn't agree with what I just said, Jay. Oh, well, I was just thinking about when you said underrated Spider-Man. I thought, that sounds like a nice superhero. Yeah. The underrated yeah. spider. Well, you're probably going to write a song about it now. <laughs> but it was my idea. Uh, we're joined by Jay Foreman. Hello. Um, did, you not think, did you not see Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man when he played Spider-Man? No, I've only seen one Spider-Man movie in my whole life. What one? Uh, I think, well, I say the first one, but I'm only going to go as far back as about the early 2000s. Tobey Maguire. Yeah, that's the one. Mm. The, the one okay. with the upside-down mm. Spider-Man kiss. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that's quite a good movie, but that's enough Spider-Man to, you know, see me in good stead oh, for the next decade or two. And then thousands more came out. Yeah, no, I think the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans were underrated. Nobody liked them, but I really liked them. Why didn't they like them? Just didn't. Comic book fans just didn't like them. Oh. I, I thought they were great. Was it the film or him specifically? I've got no like? idea. I don't know, but I actually thought they were good. Yeah. And of course, Holland, Tom little, Holland. little Tom Holland, Tom, yeah. is doing a sterling job as Spider-Man. I had an idea for a, a similar theory, um, similar superhero to Spider-Man. Go on. But basically, he has the power to create a spider web yep. at exactly the same speed and size as a regular spider. That's nice. <laughs> now is that a superpower? Well, it's a mild superpower. You could use it to make a house look older we than it really is. We couldn't argue that it's a power. That's, that's unarguable. It is a power to do that. Super, I think, we're getting into realms of exaggeration there. It's something that might just come in handy if you need to make a house look older. Mm. Do you think that? Yeah, but what if you need to make a house look older in a rush? Ooh. Well, then you'd have to get a slightly different, slightly superhero. How long does it take for a spider to spin a web? Have you ever sat and watched a spider spin a web? I don't think I have. I don't know. I, th- I think it takes all day. It takes a while. It's slow, isn't it? That's awful then, isn't it, when you just go and brush it away? Yeah, and you feel it's a, it's a You day's feel like work there's a spider there just going, fuck. Yeah. I feel guilty every time I go into the shed. I'm destroying months of work just to get a pair of scissors. Just by going in, because yeah. you just break it with the door and stuff, wouldn't you? They're idiot spiders, aren't they, really? You'd think that they'd but do it. it, it out by now. Yeah, they keep away from humans mm. a bit. Mm and do it somewhere... I think all animals are idiots. Do you agree with that? <laughs> I mean, if you had a bar graph comparing the intelligence of animals, yeah. I think they are really Monkeys stupid. Monkeys are all right, aren't they? Quite but smart. They can type. They can type now, yeah. So They're smarter than us, I think, you know, because they seem to be happier than we are. Based on what? Well, I mean, they don't do as many wars as we do. They That's don't do... Uh, uh, well, they don't pl- have mortgages and uh, things that make you sad. Planet of the Apes. 
Oh, you're right. I hadn't thought of that. That was a stupidly big war. That yes. was, yeah. and it wasn't that. I will say in their defence, in that one, it wasn't actually their fault. They were <laughs> they were trying to keep themselves to themselves, and humanity was getting in the way, and all the you know. So I agree. That's a recurring theme, isn't it? Humans bad. Yeah, but, but anyway, how but are you? The monkeys didn't start it. But they certainly were vicious in the war, weren't they? You'd be vicious too if, you know, same thing happened to you and all your fellow species. I probably wouldn't. I'd probably sort of keep myself out of the way. That's how I tend to be these days. Just sort of keep my head down a little yeah, I bit. Yeah, I think you would do that. You wouldn't get involved. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be involved in on either side. No, just be in your shed. In the planet of the apes. No, I don't think you would. <laughs> that I feel like you might be true. more on the ape side, though, if anything. Possibly. I don't know. To be on looks. No, just in personality. <laughs> I think I'd be a wise ape who yeah. would always stay in the village. Do you know what I mean? I'd have my own hut. Yeah, yeah. And the other apes would come and tell me what was happening in the water, and I'd go, oh, war not make one grey, and stuff like that. I'd, like, I'd, I'd just nick it all off Yoda. Yeah, that sounds, I think that sounds good. But I think I I'd watch that, that movie. Yeah. I'd be in it, mate. I'd play myself. <laughs> but then I think that movie would be enough to see me in good stead for Planet of the Apes for another few decades. Yeah, possibly. But I'm noticing a trend then that you're watching a bit of something and going, that's enough now. Which I think more people should probably do. Yeah, I mean, look at all the films that come out these days. They're all sequels and prequels and, yeah. and midquels. Some of them are good. What's your favourite midquel? Empire Strikes Back. Good answer. Are you thought about this? The only answer. It's the only answer. The only answer. Which yours not? Don't know what we're about, do you not? Well, I don't watch Star Wars, so I'm not familiar with this. Never mentioned this Star Wars. Star, no one mentioned Star, Star Wars. I don't know. Dirty Dancing 2. Okay. <laughs> no, that was was there a Dirty Dancing 3? I think there was like one with Abigail Breslin. No, no, that was terrible. Jay? Two and three. Two and three. There's a midquel I've not seen, but I found the idea really funny. You know the Disney film, The Fox and the Hound? Right. And they desperately wanted to make a sequel, but you can't because I think one of the characters dies. Yeah, yeah. And Spoiler. you can't do a prequel either because, you know, they're not born yet. So yeah. they just came up with some sort of Christmassy adventure that they get up to that's, you know, one week during the already short timeline of the film. So it just happened in time. Then they did that with Aladdin as well, I think. Or they did it with Lion King, maybe. They, they did. They, Beauty and the Beast had a midquel, uh, another Christmas midquel. The person you want to talk to about this is Tom Tuck, who's done an entire... Yeah, he did that show, didn't he? Yeah, an Edinburgh yeah. show all about poor straight-to-DVD Disney sequels. Which ended up being like nominated for the, like all the awards and all that sort of thing, didn't it? Yeah, it turns out people really like Disney stuff. Mm. Isn't it weird? It's just is a, it? Just, you, if you just come up with the right daft idea, you're all you right. You get nominated. Yeah. It's got to be the right daft idea. Right, yeah. It's a real sweet spot there. Um... You're on tour. I am. I'm doing Have you started? A, I started a while ago. Mm. This tour sort of it refuses to end because people keep wanting to see the children's show that I'm doing. Is it a kid's show? It's a kid's show. Oh, so it's called, okay. uh, well, this is the interesting story. It started off as a grown-up show. I right. had a show at the Fringe some time ago now that lots of people came to in Edinburgh and they said, well, it's such a shame that it's so full of swearing because all you have to do is take the swearing out and it would be a really good and kid's it's show. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, actually, that's not a bad idea. And the next year I went back to the Fringe with a show that was very similar but with no swearing and a couple of, like, two or three extra songs written especially for children. Okay. And it was the most fun I'd ever had and it was the, the best-selling show I'd ever done. So I thought, right, I'm, I better take it on tour. And I've now, quite by accident, I've now become a children's entertainer. Nice. That, that speaks volumes for you, I think, because I think most comics with the... With, with the I guess the soul of a comedian, if you're told, oh no, you should do this, and then it's something like, oh, it should be a kid's show, they go, fuck off. Oh, I get advice you know, I refuse I mean? to listen to all the time, but yeah. the kid's show was the one time when someone says, oh, you should do this, because the thing I get more often than you should do a kid's show is, you should write a song about such and such. Right, okay. Because, you know, my songs tend to be about uh, the strange everyday things in life and yeah. <laughs> random stuff, for one yeah, of yeah. a much better word, so people assume, 
well, I could write a song about just about anything. Yeah. Most of the time when people suggest ideas, I don't really want to do it. I had one person say, oh, I've got a bit of broccoli stuck in the colander. Hey, Jay, you should write a song about that. <laughs> I said, did you do it? Nah, that? you're all right. No, I didn't. <laughs> I'd have done it out of spite. <laughs> At that point, I would have done that out of spite. I'd go, yeah, we'll write a song about that. I do sometimes set myself the challenge of taking an idea for a song that is absolutely dreadful and then seeing, can I make it work? Can I make it funny? Well, is there not something in writing a song from the perspective of, because if you're writing a song in character, so you like you know with the, with an, a narrator to the song or an unreliable narrator sometimes as well. If you're doing that, you could have written a song about the broccoli stuck in the condor, but it could have all been about the person who thought that was hilarious. Do you know what? Now that you put it to that me that way, that's a brilliant idea. I know, right? I know. Would you like to do a, a 50-50 songwriting uh, collaboration partnership? I'd rather just let you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit busy at the moment. Fair enough. But no, do you know what I mean? That's I like things like that. Like, that's how you can really give the finger to people saying, hey, write a song about this. Go, all right, I will. And then you just write a song about what a dick they are. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy to do that. Um, how is it? Do you have any gauge on stuff like that? So when you're, when you're in writing mode... Do you have a gauge on what's all right and what's not all right? Do you? I mean, obviously you have it more so now because you're doing a kids show. Well, the first test really is if, if it makes me laugh. And I feel okay. bad because every time I'm sat in a room writing, either on my own or with someone, yeah. rather embarrassingly, I often chuckle to myself. No, that's not but that's, you know, but that's, that's a good test. A necessity, surely. Yeah. And the good news is once I've laughed at my own joke once, the, I'm spared the embarrassment of ever laughing at my own joke ever again. Really? See, I'm the opposite of that. I just keep laughing at things. If I say something funny, I will laugh at it forever. <laughs> It's got to you know, have longevity in that respect. So it needs to proper make me laugh for all that time. I wondered, because I, I, I remember years ago, a song you did really upsetting me. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it really bothered me at the time. Oh, like, can I guess which one it was? You'll know what it was, definitely. Was it the song about the little monkey that wants nothing more than to go skiing? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> <laughs> Why was that your choice? No, it Why wasn't. Because that upsets uh, by, by most way, people. I'm, no. not, I'm not calling you out, by the way. That's, this isn't what it is. But I remember at the time going, I feel a bit uncomfortable with this song. Uh -oh. It was the Barry Cryer thing. Oh, the Barry Cryer song. Yeah. Well, that's based on a true story. Which is what? It's based on several true stories. So, let, so let's say what the song was. I, I remember seeing it and going, oh, I don't like this. I can all. play the song for you very quickly because it's only about 30 seconds long. All right, you can do it then. Are you ready? Okay. <clears throat> I've just gonna... told you it upsets me. You went, right, I want to play it in your yeah, face. Yeah. All right, here we go. Oh, it can't be much fun being Barry Cryer, being Barry Cryer, being Barry Cryer. No, it can't be much fun being Barry Cryer, being Barry Cryer. All his friends are dead. Tommy Cooper, dead. Kenny Everett, dead. Marty Feldman, dead. Graham Chapman, dead. Ronnie Corbett, dead. Michael McIntyre's dad, dead. Don't make friends with Barry Cryer. Right, so, <laughs> as a song, yes. right, I get, I, can, I get why that's good. And I, I, I totally get structure why it's good, and the idea is sound and all the rest of it. There was just something about that particular one where I went, oh, and I felt for Barry. Well, the good news is, uh, I'm sure Barry has heard that song, okay. and he says it's fine. Good. And that's not... Well, did he say it like that? Yes, it's well, fine. Well, I heard it... <laughs> I heard the story secondhand. I've yet okay, to actually meet okay. him, but I've uh, I've been told that he thinks the song's fine, and it's okay. not a big surprise because Barry Cryer went to the fringe himself with a show called "I'm Still Alive," yeah, which yeah, is yeah. basically yeah. the same joke. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I, I thought I'm pretty sure it was a fast fringe, maybe. Chortles it was thing? either fast fringe or I often do that song at Distraction Club because you know that's where I'm likely to run it into Barry. It would have been fast fringe. Yeah, so it would have been fast fringe where I saw it the, the first time I saw it anyway. And I remember just going, "Oh, why do I feel uncomfortable about this?" And it wasn't like, there was no judgment on you. It was just like, "Oh, this makes me feel slightly uncomfortable." Because I find that interesting when comedy 
makes other people uncomfortable because we'd all argue that and we'd all, you know, say, oh, fuck, I have to grow up and all the rest of it. So for me to feel it, I was like, oh, that's an interesting feeling that I feel. And I, I think all I thought was, I imagined you saying my name and then put all the other names with friends of mine who've died. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that, I think that would really upset me. But <laughs> then, you know what I mean? again, the reason that I sort of went for <laughs> Barry Cryer for this song is because he sort of, he's the first to celebrate the death of his friends. When yeah, you, yeah, yeah, every yeah. time there's an obituary for all of it, basically... <laughs> Celebrate the, might be strong. Well, <laughs> Celebrate the person time, when they die. Every time there is a, a TV show about a great comic yeah. uh, who has passed on, yeah. um, Barry Cryer is always the first in the queue to be there saying, oh, he was wonderful, he was marvellous. But that's because he's one of the few that are still actually alive. That's true. From, the, from that, you know, he did like, host the joke as well for years and years, and you'd be hard pushed to find anyone on that programme apart from Barry Cryer that's still alive. They refer to this in... Again, um, confirming your jinx <laughs> Um, Count Arthur Strong the, yeah. um, had a, uh, an episode, I think it was the first episode, about a fictional dead comedian. Right. And Barry Cryer had a cameo doing yeah, yeah, the yeah. eulogy at his funeral. But so they're it mates, turns them out... mates, though. That's a, th- you know, that's a thing. Steve and, and Barry. And Barry's been very supportive of Steve Delaney over the years. And I think there's more, that's more Steve being mischievous with Barry. Well, but in, I, I in that case, if I, if I have upset you, I'm, I, I hereby apologise. Don't, don't, no, you mustn't apologise. It's my issue, not yours. All right. So it's not, you mustn't apologise. You're doing nothing wrong. Should I apologise to Barry? I think you should definitely apologise to Barry. Barry, I'm really sorry. Which Barry are you apologising to? Um, I meant Barry Dodds. <laughs> I feel like apologising to Barry from Watford. Why not? Yeah, okay, let's do that. <laughs> let's do that for sure. So, how, do you not find kids really annoying when you yes. perform to them? Oh, they're awful. But I think there's something quite fun about having contempt for your audience when you're on stage. It keeps you going. Yeah. And kids, actually, um, they can be the most exciting audience in the world because they will come up with heckles that you won't be able to prepare for or you won't be able to predict. Because well, you're also you're not allowed to say what you're really thinking. Exactly. That's why it's good training. You know, being able to deal with child heckles is the same skill as being able to deal with uh, a drunken adult crowd on a Friday night. But their, are their heckles as vicious? So are their heckles... Do you ever get vicious heckling from children? No, I think the worst thing that kids do is they just assume that what they have to say is more important. And my yeah, yeah, least yeah. favourite yeah. habit that kids do at my shows, there's a lot of interaction okay. uh, in the show, and I say, hey, put your hand up if you've got a suggestion for a thing. And what happens more often than not is a kid will put their hand up straight away, and then when I pick them, they go, um... Then they have to think of it. Yeah. yeah. But, but they, how dare they, you? they know, I've got to get to the front of the queue for this. Yeah. But, <laughs> Whatever I mean, this even, queue is for. Even though sometimes the kids can be just unbelievably annoying, it, it, uh, on the, the other side of the coin is when the kids love the show, it's so satisfying because kids... They don't pretend to like a show. They won't clap because they have to. They'll clap because they actually enjoyed it and they'll right. laugh because they genuinely find it funny. So it can be marvellous. But is the bar set lower, do you think, for kids? Um, no, I if think... If you say fart, you're all right. If you talk about poo, you'll be all right. It's, it's surprisingly difficult. The, the challenge I set myself in these shows... I've only shows, done one and I hated it. Well, so, was it with uh, Comedy Club for Kids? I think it was. It was in Cumbria. Yeah. And we did it... It was me and Ed and we did it in the afternoon. So we... Oh. Hello. Hello. Uh, we did it in the afternoon uh, when we had a tour show in the evening. I think they like offered us 300 quid or something. We were like, oh, yeah, we're there anyway. Fuck it, we'll do it. And we did. We used to have a ventriloquist puppet called Naughty Keith. Oh, yeah. Whose catchphrase was piss. <laughs> and, I, and I just said to Ed, we'll just go on and do Naughty Keith for 20 minutes. It'll be fine. And, and we'll just argue about it. You'll say it's rubbish and I'll say it's brilliant. I'll get all the kids on side with me and that'll be fine. Yeah. Until we walked on the stage and I just I was like, his catchphrase is piss. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, right, well, that's gone straight away. What was his new catchphrase? Honestly, like, I swear to God, honestly, didn't even think that ahead of time. Right. 
There was one comedian who um, I think he, I think it was far. I think it oh, was yeah. or poo or something like that. There was one comedian who uh, I'm not going to name until after the show did a right, really now? hilariously inappropriate thing okay. where he went on stage in a festival uh, for a comedy club for kids and uh, he had this one bit of the show where for some strange convoluted reason he got lots of kids to join him on stage right. and he had you're like, all CRB chat by the way. Oh, I am. Yeah. You have to be to yeah. do a kid show. <laughs> yeah. This guy, I don't know if he was, but he had, uh, like, for some reason, there were loads of children clambering on him and, like, you know, sort of clinging to his two legs while he was trying to move from one side of the stage to the other. Right. And something must have just possessed him to say this thing, which, to be fair, was really funny, but you don't say it at a kid show. He turned to the audience full of other kids and the kids that were wrapped around his legs' parents, and he says... God, wouldn't it be really inappropriate if I got a boner right now? <laughs> wow. And what was the reaction in the room? The reaction in the room were, <laughs> was a mouth, big gasp. Just mouth to me. I mouthed the name of the comedian. Yeah, go on. Was uh, it? A big gasp and a big telling off from the organisers. Um, but he's he's still working and I think everything's fine. Oh. And it, it, it's so... Like, I felt like that 20 minutes I was on that stage, it really... I would never was worried on stage as a stand-up, ever. I never felt off even with Did it. Did you not swear at all? That day, yeah, no, in front of the kids. No. Oh, okay, I'm kind of no, impressed because you just do just when you're talking. I would have found the extra pressure. But I was in character, so we were doing Peacock right, and Gamble, okay. so it was so that was all right. It was easier to do that, really. Yeah, and because my character in that was so childlike, anyway, it was relatively easy to do. Mm. The only swearing that I hadn't realised was the piss thing. I find it. it's it's actually quite easy to sort of switch swearing off. You get quite good at it, and yeah. you sort of you build up a vocabulary of backup equivalent swear words. Right. Um, in fact, I, I still like that instinct has kicked in, and because we're in a radio studio, so. But boner's not even a swear word. No, it's not a swear word. But it's huge and impressive. It's very difficult around, to say around a child. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The thing that's that harder choice. is to know oh, when another, you're... another joke there. Oh. <laughs> um, it's uh, working out what you can and can't talk about that will make the kids bored. It's not stuff that's right. inappropriate. It's okay. stuff that just means nothing to them. So before I was doing kids shows, I used to do quite a lot of references to TV from the 80s and 90s. And, okay. you, know, you can't do that for kids because they'll but be bored. parents there... Yes, well, you can play two audiences. The fun you, challenge is to try. My my favourite thing is if I do a joke that makes the whole room laugh at once, the kids and the grown-ups, because in real life. There's no such thing as a children's show. It's a family show. Yeah. Because the kids will always drag their parents along with them, and the parents have got to sit through it and enjoy themselves just as much. So ideally, some of your jokes will be just for the kids, some just for the grown-ups, but the best ones will be for everybody. Right. And that's really hard. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. grown-ups don't laugh at just saying the word poo. I would. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do at a children's show, Now, if you were performing at a children's show? I think I would walk out and say, your parents have asked me here to gash you all. <laughs> <laughs> And then I would go, so this, do what, I'd sorry? go, this isn't a joke. Uh, <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> Your parents are sick of you. I'd just terrify them, I think. What, to say, like, one now. that you, you don't have parents anymore? Don't worry about that. That would be hard. Don't worry about that. Um... Okay, so your tours, you said what you're doing? I'm, I'm motioning to Irene that if she looks on the press release for the next guest, she will find a phone number on the bottom of it on the second Why, page. what's happening? We're missing so, a guest. Yeah, yeah, well, it's not, it's not, it's just running a little bit late. She's asked me for a phone number, but I'm Jay looking. was late. Yeah, said, there's, yeah um, you were late too. I was, I was held at a late. red signal on the way here. I was. Do you think that was anything to do with... A signal? A do you know, when you're, I wasn't. I, I wasn't. Were, and I, I arrived like... I heard a thing, apparently in Tokyo, because their, their, their train system is so reliable. If you turn up for work and say that the trains made you late, you have to provide um, a printout. You have to provide, like, a receipt that proves that the trains weren't running when you say that you were running late, because it, they're so reliable. 
Oh, I see. As I say, you can get apps here now, like in the morning. I, could, I would just screenshot that and go, here, it says it's running this time late. Yeah. Or on the so the, the train would supply that, would they, in Tokyo? In Tokyo, they would. But over oh. here, basically, anyone can use the eh, train's excuse because they just yeah, so often they don't can't, work. You, you, the thing is, they don't understand you can't use that anymore because you can check. Like oh, I no. can check on the National Rail to see. I, I could call someone out and go, well, I've looked, and there definitely wasn't there. Yeah, well, they could, and time. then they could go, well, National Rail are talking shit, because it was there. No, you no, know no. I mean? which is, but which, it's not there, because it's so accurate now, the, the, the app that I use I, it. I was stood at a station two weeks ago leaving this from, from leaving here that was saying everything was on time on the app. Really? And yep. in real life, it absolutely was not. I've no used those there. apps. They're, they're a work of fiction. Yep. Sorry, They're Nat. very reliable for me in the morning, so I would disagree with that. Well, I'm just I'm telling you the truth. I've <laughs> so, got nothing to gain. I've never been late. I've never said I'm late. Uh, no, or, and know. if you are, you will always give me a call. Really. I'll always give you a call and say, I'm happened. not coming. <laughs> <laughs> once, once that's happened yeah. in five years. Simply not coming. <laughs> I often get a, lot of, I get a lot of train geeks coming along to my shows because one of my songs is, um, it's basically a list of every single London Underground station in three and a half minutes. I remember this. I remember that it was an online video, right? As well. Yeah, there yeah, was. Did the thing. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And they, they like, so do they get obsessed with you because of that? Some do. Do you I regret it? Do you regret it then? Well, <laughs> a little bit. I have, um, on the video, people always leave in the comments section underneath. They go, ah, you missed out such and such a station. Right. Is but, that the voice know, they use? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pe- people who yeah. leave comments on YouTube, they yeah. definitely sound like this yeah. and they definitely yeah. sort of wrinkle up their nose. And they, <laughs> um, but, you know, we checked very carefully. We didn't miss any of them out. So what I did later, which was a lot of fun, I uploaded a second version of the video that was like a live clip. Okay. And I said in the, the little description... I think I saw this. I'm sure I saw this. Yeah, so in the uh, the second upload of the live show, I said, hey, guys, we accidentally... Uh, I missed out one station. Can you guess what the station is? Right. And I didn't miss any out, but I still had people <laughs> trying and listening very carefully and wasting their afternoons. It's great fun to do that. I remember, again, that was another thing that on the old Peacock and Gumball podcast made many years ago, when that first started, we had spot the deliberate mistake in this episode. <laughs> if you tell us what the deliberate mistake was, you win a prize. And then it was it's just great fun for people to be sort of going, man, maybe it's that, is it that, is it that? And there just isn't one. But then if the same one keeps coming up we over and over again, then you'll know, oh, well, I guess we should have not, not made that mistake. Well, it's a great competition. The reason it's a good competition to do that is because they give you the answer. Yeah. So if you go, okay, what? So if we said it now, what was the thing I said deliberate, deliberately wrong on this show today? And then people write in and say, we will go, oh yeah, I did say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is the answer. There you go. It's a piss easy competition. It's good. I like it. Um, is your tour ever going to end then? I don't know. I don't know how I will decide. Do you want it to? There are so many times when I've said, oh, I'm not going to do this particular thing anymore. Yeah. You know, whether it's touring or you know even YouTube videos or songwriting in general, and then they all just keep going. So. I guess no. This tour, I mean, the tour is over for this year. I don't have any more dates booked in for December, but there are more in 2020. Um, and then if I carry on like this, because uh, my show keeps changing all the is time. Is not missing a trick to not do December if it's all kids stuff? It'd be all you could pop yeah, a Christmas maybe I should, up. Maybe I should have booked in some December. I did some December shows last year. The thing is, my show changes all the time. So okay. it's still got the same title. It's still called Disgusting Songs for Revolting Children. Nice. But the set list changes ever so slightly. Like okay. there's four or five songs that will definitely always be in there because, you know, the kids will request it. Yeah. But occasionally I'll write a new song and that'll go in. And then sometimes I'll decide I'm bored of a song and it'll go out and then maybe come back later. So. Even if you've seen the show before, come back because it'll be slightly different. Now, do you have a do you have a kid fan base? I do now. Yeah, it's different to database. <laughs> do you have so is that that's quite weird though, isn't it? The strange thing is when um, I get kids say, uh, "You're guaranteeing next gen." You guarantee next generation. Yeah, it's a good yeah. tactic. You yeah. know, sort of get them while they're young. I, yeah, um, yeah. I get kids saying, oh, this song, I've, I've uh, listened to this. Oh, no, actually, no, the weirdest thing I've had is an adult came to my show, right. which is fair enough. Like, people come without their kids to my show all the time because yeah. a lot of the songs were not written for children. But I had one person come along and say, I've been listening to you since I was a kid. 
I was like, no, 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 that can't be right because that means I've been doing this for too long. Right. And how was it? Was it right? Yeah, it was because I've done some calculations and apparently it's 2019 now. I refuse to acknowledge that because it feels like about 2006. I don't know about you. I'm not sure. Are we in the 2000s? Yeah, just about. We're like like 19 years into it. I mean, it must be about 2006 just, because just. because I'm still young. You know, I'm still. I, I've basically just come tumbling out of uni and I've yet to get a proper job. So yeah. obviously so, it's about 2006. Well, I was born in 73 and I'm 24. So yeah, I exactly. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? That is um, strange. Well, look, apparently my next guest has turned up now. Yes, yeah, Lawrence Fox is here. Um, disgusting songs for revolting children. Um, where could they find all the details? You for can that? go to my website, which is jforman.co.uk. You can right. also follow me on Twitter at jforman, and all the details of upcoming shows are on there. And Sh- I've also got a YouTube channel. Have you got Instagram? Have I got Instagram? I've got it, but I never use it. So, um, okay. no, not really. We're trying to find out what Instagram is because Nat's joined it. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know what it is yet. I, I think by I the time it. I find out what Instagram is, I'm going to have to use TikTok or right. one of the oh, other youth. Oh, d- don't get me started on TikTok. On very youthful. Sure. Yeah, so TikTok, I believe, is the thing that's come along to replace Vine. Yes, yeah, it's the same thing, isn't it? Except it's um, even weirder because it's full of filters and things you put on the top and lip syncing and oh I hate young people oh, so much fuck the internet <laughs> <laughs> swear to god fuck anyway your internet. kids tour continues yes. next year <laughs> um, I was about to play a song then but I saw it was Hugh Grant and I decided not to play it it's a good song Hugh Grant Pop Goes My Heart yeah for music Hugh Grant lyrics. singing a song yeah it's oh, really so. good no, everyone that's ever now, heard that song really likes it right I'm playing it cheers Jay can't do it. Literally can't. Why? I literally can't. This is a good song. No, Come on. I literally can't. Okay. I'm sorry. I'd ra- literally I'd, the only person that has not liked that song I would ever. rather put up TLC. It's got an error on it. Singing Ain't it. Too Proud to Beg. Get right, I won't play that then. I'm, I'm going to scroll down and see what you put on here. Tainted Love by Spiral Carpets. Is that Tainted good. Love, that yeah, song? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Is really it? Good cover, yeah. All right, I'll give that my time of day. We'll play that instead. Sorry, everyone, for subjecting you to Hugh Grant singing that song. Apologies. On keyboards. See, now, now I don't like it. Yeah, I know, so I knew this would annoy you. I was enjoying it. You don't like a fade-out. What's all this? Well, it's not a fade, is it? That's like they've paid for the studio and they've realised <laughs> that they've got a bit longer left. Right. So let's just twat about with guitars. And I was really enjoying that up until that point. Oh, I should have put a fade Very on disappointing Sorry. ending from In Spiral Carpets right. and Tainted Love. Do you not think that Tainted Love is a, sort of, is a song that you can't kill? You can't mess it up. We're joined by Lawrence Fox, by the way. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm getting there, I think. Mm. I, I think I've been overtired today. And I think I was unintentionally confrontational with the last guest. What did you say? I said I didn't like one of his songs. What was the song? Who it was, was about Barry. It was is uh, Jay Foreman. He's really good. He's a comedian and he does comedy songs and stuff. But he wrote a song years ago about Barry Cryer and about how Barry, all Barry Cryer's friends are dead. And I remember comparing a gig he was at and really not liking it. But um, I just mentioned that to him. You said it upset you rather than you didn't like it. It upset so me. I yeah, think it's yeah, good. that's well, what it's it, about. it did. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but it felt confrontational. Mm. Wait till I get started and you're fucking. Come on, let's do it. Yeah, wait till I get started. Well, um, we're actually um, promoting a grief obsessed, observed. Sorry, apologies. A grief, a grief observed. Is that from 
C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Mm. That's why I should read. No, that's why I shouldn't read the press releases. It's pretty clever. That. I haven't read the press release. What's it look, say? Yeah. Do you want to read through it? The latest announcement from actor and singer songwriter Lawrence Fox comes to follow up. Jonathan Cornby. Yeah, he was in it. Tight the album comes from C.S. Lewis. Yep, that's true. Lawrence what he's reading now is exactly what it says, by the way. Lawrence also started his career. First paragraph says blah, blah, blah. Those are my songs, blah, blah, blah. Do you not write this? Do you not write your own press release? Look at me. Do I look like that? No, I haven't. But surely you've got to clear it before they put it out. They could say anything there, couldn't they? Yeah, but I don't really give a shit about it. So I'm glad that it doesn't say massive twat. (laughs) (laughs) I edited that out earlier. I don't think you want to see that. Such a relief. (laughs) Do you you think your PR company think you're a massive twat or do you think they like you? I think they think I'm a bit of a twat. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's fine because that's more fun. It really is, though. Isn't it? I think yeah. every PR company I've ever had, I've not had one for many years, but I think all of them would have thought I was a massive twat. But I can't imagine... I bet you would write your own press releases for your tours. Surely. Well, that, that's all... With, with comedy, that was all part and parcel of it. you had to do it, sort of got it. I mean, fuck knows what they were doing. I wrote the right. song bit. I wrote the bits about the songs. Okay. I did write that bit. I okay. just didn't write the who I was bit. Okay. You probably would be best suited to tell them. Who I am. If you did write who you, what would you say? So I've never met you before. No. Live press release. Live press release. Hello, my name's Lawrence. Hello, Lawrence. Nice to meet you. I'm Ian. Nice to meet you, Ian. What do you do for a living? (laughs) Fuck (laughs) knows. It's a lot of things. Really? A lot of different things. I don't seem to be able to settle on one. That's, I know, I know the feeling. Which is fun, isn't it? I think. Stops you getting bored. It does, certainly. Yeah. 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 Well, what do you do? I act and I sing. Or I howl, yeah. Simultaneously. <laughs> well, it depends on the job, sometimes. When you do a song, do you act the song out? Do you think you embody the song and perform it, or do you just do it like, are you a pop star? No, no, I'm, I'm, I don't do pop star. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I find singing quite exposing. Okay. So I sort of look a bit intense. Okay. Yeah. Acting is fine, you just hide away. But singing, it's like, here's my thoughts. What That's, do you think? Do you know what? Oh. Well, could you write all your own stuff as well? Yeah, I do. That's an interesting thing. Cause we spoke about that the other week with, I can't remember the guy's Mark name. Mark Delissa. Yeah, Mark Delissa, who I really liked. He was a vocal coach. Mm. And he made me do a bit of singing because I said, I actually would look quite like to take some singing lessons because I could sing really well. Mm. And as I've got older, my voice is getting worse and worse. Oh, no. And I was asking him, going, is, it, is that normal? And he was like, you'll just be out of practice. It'll just be that. And we did a little bit of singing. Mm. And you were um, back? No, I wasn't. But. That was the most vulnerable I think I've ever felt on, 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 on in a public yeah. place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I really sh- did, because I wasn't like, I couldn't even, he said I was over. Too, you're breathing too much. You just calm down your breathing. It had a word. Um, oh, I can't remember over, what the word is now. Um, over something. I was once um, going to be in a musical, okay. and they, they only wanted to see me. They didn't want to see anybody else. They okay. bring it to London, and they said, just come and meet us. And you know, sing a couple of songs. Right. Sung four notes, and they went, "It's never going to work, mate. You'll, 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 lose, <laughs> you'll, you'll lose your voice in uh, in about four days. You got no technique because you were belting oh, wow. it out. Just going for the howl. What was it? What Standard was it? howl. I can't tell you. You can. You, you I, can. I really can't. No, but you actually. Oh, are you legally bound not to? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Fine. <laughs> That's a different thing entirely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did Blues Brothers years ago, and I was warned regularly. I was knackering my voice. Yeah, it's quite. I mean, you know. Unless you've, it's it's quite a skill, isn't it, learning to sing? And it, I do it all wrong. Yeah, but but do you not think? Do you not find that when you do it right, if you try to do it right, loses it doesn't sound chari- as good? Well, it loses a bit of character, doesn't it? I reckon. Yeah. But also, you're so comfortable with how you howl. Well, I'm a howler. I'm not really much for. I'm a, I either speak or I howl. I don't do the Pavarotti bit. In the you middle. have a very resonant voice, though. Thank you, darling. Is it? Um, do you have gravel to your voice? That's I what l- it sounds like a little bit. I like to think there's a bit of gravel. Yeah, there's a bit of that. <laughs> I like to think there's a bit of gravel. So, there. is that your natural voice, or is it? Is that evolved into that over time? 
No, I'm from Johnny <laughs> I'm from Middlesbrough. No, I didn't mean the accent. I meant the actual resonance of your voice. I, 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 yeah, I think so. You can hear that, right? You can hear that's going on. It's smoking, drinking. That'll do it. Right? Not dissimilar voice to Greg Davis. Okay. Not dissimilar to Rick Mail. People do say I sound like Greg Davis. Yeah. yeah. So there is that, that a similar resonance to no. that. And I wondered how natural that was or whether that had come over time from smoking and drinking and stuff. I think smoking and drinking and stuff. That's done it, yeah. So you sound like that last week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling you're off. No, I, don't I like mind. it. Thanks, babe. I it don't sounds mind good. It. I'm, all I'm not right saying off voice. at all. I'm increasingly interested in this. Like I have been since well, that guy we was have, in. Now we have a singing. Yeah, yeah, I am. Have you, did you have singing lessons at any point when you were kids? At uh, active school, yeah. we had singing lessons. But Where'd it, you go? Uh, Rada. Or wankers at Rada, aren't they? <laughs> the Royal Academy. Um, but I went it, Breton all, mate. Yeah, more yeah, independent. More too. independent, my own. <laughs> they were on. They were on Monday nights and uh, after school, and it, they went from end of class which was what 5.30 up till 9.30 okay. and mine was at 9.15 so we spent three hours in the pub right and um, <laughs> so I was like let's do it <laughs> I want to sing stars from Lamers <laughs> no no bollocks I want to sing the high one <laughs> so yeah it, it, well done me <laughs> and what's your so what's your place in all this where, where you're in the, in the music industry very small. Is it though? <laughs> is it? I don't know. No, I, I was I was number one in Ireland yesterday. Okay. I got an email. I was rather pleased about that. That sounds like this morning it's gone. I, I bet you it has gone this morning. <laughs> you surely you're number one for the week, week aren't you? Week. I don't know. I just grab it <laughs> when it's there. I screen, in Ireland, like, screen grab Ten it. minutes. <laughs> I've just been number one for 45 seconds. <laughs> now fuck you. Told you, mum. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool though. Yeah, I was thrilled. Yeah. I've got a lovely following and people who follow me are really loyal. So that's good. Have you got any that you don't like? No, I don't like to be negative, but I'm in that sort of mood today. I'm not normally like this. I don't, you know, I, I, it's quite funny, isn't it? Social media now, when people are negative, I start feeling sorry for them. I don't. Do get, you? Yeah. yeah do when, you really? when people are up, get upset with me, I've had a few people being upset with me today, and um, when people have a go at me, I just go. I, I sort of get a bit curious, and I go to their profile, and then I yeah, see yeah. what they're tweeting about, and I go, "You poor fuck." That's your life, isn't it? You just sit there going. They just sit there. And it's yeah, just like, yeah. when did you last have sex? But it's, were you asking me that? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like us all to talk about it. Yeah. I know that was like, like, like you're trying to be disarming. <laughs> I know it's a segue. I was number one now, when did you last <laughs> have sex? <laughs> but let's Answer the question. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I hear that, but mm. in a sense, you're playing into their hands. Because if it is, as most of us suspect, as in most right-minded people suspect, an attention thing, and it is mm. they want the attention, so mm. they will pick higher-profile people for it. I very rarely get it, but do you know what I mean? They, w they will target people yeah. to go, I'm going to get a reaction out of them. Um, if you so much, like, look, even looking at their profile, it's like, oh, that has you're validated it in a sense. You're feeding them, but I'm, I, w I like looking at their profile, just cycling down to about 100 tweets and then liking a really obscure <laughs> one. <laughs> And, yeah, then, okay. and then That's it's good. disarming. Because you, yeah. you want to disarm. Really, what they want to do is um, they want to slag you off and not get anything in response. Yeah. So actually, if you respond, they go, what the, what, what the, what, what? Do you think, really? I think, well, the ones who slag me off at the moment. But, you know, maybe I could get a bigger spectrum of slagging. What are you getting slagged for? I uh, said some pretty controversial things about woke people in the paper okay. yesterday. Okay. Yeah, they, so there's quite a lot of angry people. You can't. Go at me. You're not really allowed an opinion. I, you, no, you can't. There, what was that? That my that brilliant, brilliant comedian Constantine Kissin tweeted it this morning. He right. said um, it was a Voltaire thing. 
And okay. he said, um, where is it? He's a smart man. I love He's the him. guy that wasn't allowed to speak at the, um, the, the yeah, union, he, wasn't he? Yeah, he was the guy that stopped speaking at the yeah. union because they said you can't do any funny jokes. Right, yeah. okay. okay. Uh, and he said, if you want to know who controls you, look at who you're not allowed to criticise. Okay. And I'm, I'm with that. So I'm quite pleased that um, the people that want to control me are criticising me. Do you, do you find it... So again, I've just met you. I'm already, I think, feeling quite strongly off your similar to what I've been like at certain points. Want a niggle? You've got a niggle. You've got to poke the elephant in the room. Yeah. If it's there, don't... It, you can't, I mean, I can't... Some things I just can't deal with. I can't deal with... But is the time... For, for, to what end, though? To why? Why Why would you... Why do you want it? For example, I would imagine that both you and I probably have... Mm. Or probably could find common ground yeah. with regards to the stuff that you've been talking about that, you mm. know, that was upset people. However, I personally won't go near it because I'm like, well, it doesn't actually affect me. Mm. Any, like, it doesn't. It, you know, that doesn't affect me in my life at all in right. any way, shape, or form. I am pretty respectful of what people believe, generally speaking, you know. Some things I'll call out as nonsense and religions and all that sort of thing and believing in ghosts. I've, you know, I've made a career out of that. Yeah. But you don't yeah. believe in ghosts? I don't believe in That's ghosts. That's too far now, isn't I've it? Now you're taking ghosts. a piss. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, it's only the things that directly affect me that I feel that I have to... If I'm in, in opposition to it in any way, that I feel the need to voice. I, I don't think I would just go out of my way nowadays to just yeah, no, piss I, someone off. With no, I, I think I wasn't... I, there was a point to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. Um, I was... You know, there's a few things going on which are affecting... Directly affecting my life. Okay, well there we go. Then. So, yeah, so that's a, yeah. So they I, didn't come yeah. out of nowhere. And also, yeah. I know a load of people that feel the same way, but they just won't say anything because yeah. they're because they're worried. And actually, you know, you start to think, hang on a minute, I can't be dealing with this. Yeah. I'm sorry, you can't be. I, it's the. I just there's a load of things that annoy me about it. But it's just. I, I, I think I'm at a can't be arsed stage with it, with, with everything now. So I, I think I'll probably be at a can't, can't be arsed stage or a cancelled stage in about twenty minutes as well. Do you? So yeah, I don't care. Okay. Should we go for it? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking have ya! Yeah. <laughs> Should we just go? I mean, I've got, I've got you for ten more minutes. We just literally just go for it. Let's, where do you let, want to let, start? Let's see. Let's have a race and see who can destroy their own career quickest. Oh yeah. My yeah. mind's on you, Ian. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> what? Do you think I would? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? I do. Because I think you are kind of a the sort that self-saboteur. Would say, sometimes I, I'm know. the sort that would say something that I didn't even believe. Yeah, but that's a good. That's also a good thing. You see, the thing is, I this is what I was trying. I said at the end of this interview that's got me in all this trouble. That Who was we, it? Where, who was the interview with? Sunday Times. Okay. And um, I was saying, you know, that the world does need a fool, and the fool is also the smarter person. You know, so yeah. they're making, but they're making things. With, there's humour in it as well. Yeah. But now that humour's not funny anymore, you're not allowed to be funny. Mm. You, you can. You're saying something funny, but people are just getting offended. Mm. And I'm 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 tired of being people. See, being but you are allowed to. I mean, that's obviously an extreme. You are allowed to be funny. It's just uh, th there are restrictions are are being. It seems on a daily basis further yeah. enforced. But my issue with it's nothing. It's not. I don't, I don't think it's to, to do with woke culture. To be honest with you, I think my issue with it. By the way, I think this is cyclical. So I think this happens every mm. now and again. I think this happened in the 80s. Right. That's where Ritmail, Ben Alton, all that. That's where that came from, was a revolt against what had gone before. Right. So this does happen. And then cyclically, and I guarantee this will happen again, it'll be probably long after I'm gone, it will become... Then it will go to laddish comedy again, which happened in the 90s with Bedeal and Skinner and all that sort of stuff. And then it loaded magazine and all that. And then it will come around again to being a 
bit politically correct, a bit of surrealism mm-hmm. probably come into it. So the Bush mm. and Vic and Bob and all that sort mm. of thing, even though they sort of transposed it a little bit. And then it'll come round again mm. to being, oh no, r- no, we don't joke about that. No, no, right, oh, this is a this is a safe space, blah, 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 blah. And automatically, what will I think what will happen in comedy, if we're talking about comedy specifically, is there will be a comedian within the next five years who will do stuff that is already hap- was already happening, mm. but they will be seen as being Lenny Bruce. They'll be yeah. like, oh wow, they're really outspoken. And it's probably be quite a tame example of that. Dave Chappelle's doing that, isn't he? That'll yeah, happen. And, so and so it will spin yeah. around again. So it's not actually to do with what people think. It's to do with trends. Yeah, and I just it, can't deal with the with it's my, it's my kids that's starting to get okay, on my right, nerves. Yeah, yeah. It's them yeah. coming home. Like my kid, my eldest son, both of my kids constantly asking me. Like he said to me, "What did you say to me yesterday? Is it racist to call someone American?" Right. Okay. And I'm just like, we've got to. St- I don't want my kids being so hyper racial aware. No, I hear what you I, mean. I, like, we live mm. in we live in a really tolerant, amazing country. Yeah. That with a very few racists in it. Yeah. Can we drop the racism thing and stop yeah. teaching my kids that they're all racist and making second guess themselves before they open their mouths? I think that's wrong. Yeah, and that's so. Uh, you know, and how old do you ca- how old do you say it was? Eleven and seven. Right. Okay. And I'm and I'm. It's fine. I can put up with it for a bit, but not now. It's every single day. They're just panicked about right. it. So I'm a bit fed up with that. Actually, yeah. what's the what's the result of that? What will happen well, with it's, that? Well, it's hyper. It, it, you know, it's the, it's this. Look, the, in the olden days, as far as I can gather, there was a right wing and there was a left wing, yeah. and the left wing stopped the right wing being arseholes. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, you know. And now there's a there's a right wing and a left wing, and then a leftist wing. Yeah, they just want to control everything. Your what you say. Your I don't want a child growing up scared to use words. Yeah, who's not a racist? Who's already thinking I'm a racist? Do you think that's an automatic response to the fact that the, the rise of the far right as well that seems seems to be happening? I actually don't think it's happening. I think it's. Well, I mean, I, I think it's I'm sure there's a load of far right people that are utter assholes and fuck them. Yeah. But th- I don't see like a massive rise in the far right. Do you? I mean, are you are you walking around seeing loads of far right people? Well, I, I don't actually. I'll tell you what I am noticing for certain is a rise in aggression, which which yeah. I think which I think I attribute to rightly or wrongly. I think I attribute that to people like Farage and that sort of people stoking the fire mm. and right-wing commentators, you know, within the media. Yeah. So I... I Who in particular do you think is right-wing in the media? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'll tell you in real life, but I'm not going to tell you on air. And the okay. reason I'm not is because I can't be arsed with them. Yeah, yeah. And because I can't, yeah. you know, it, it's that thing of just going, I can't... That, for me, plays... It's like, quote, tweeting something. If you quote tweet someone being a dick... Yeah. That's exactly what they want you to do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I, yeah. I guess even by perpetuating the, their career, mm. you, you, yeah. do you know what I mean? But I think I put the aggression that I see on a daily basis down to that. Right. I think it's that. But I do think, I, where I totally agree with you, is that the far left and the far right are now almost indiscernible from each other. They're the same thing. In they're, terms they're, of the terrorism that they employ. Yeah, and the lack of... They, well, they don't have any... You know, you, I'm a kind of a central-positioned type of person. Yeah, OK. But I'm a Nazi to those lot. Yeah. And it's like, come on, guys, how do we meant to have a chat if you're going to say that? It's impossible. It's a weird thing, and they're being shooting allowed your allies. they're loud. They're yeah, loud yeah. as anything. And there's only a few of them, but they're so loud. And we all have to listen to them, and I've got to go, no, sorry, I'm, my kids aren't racists. They're yeah, just yeah, yeah. not. They're eleven and seven. It's so, a really difficult one, I think. You know, it's it's. I I agree. It's a tremendously frustrating situation. Not for me. I've got my own thoughts about it, but I've got to mm. nurture my kids. <laughs> don't I? Otherwise, what's the point? 
God, we got all serious. No, we? but it's, but I think it's like yeah. it, I, th- I think these discussions will be happening quite a lot. Yeah, we've uh, certainly had them on the show we, before. We have yeah. other guests too. Well, well, yeah. well the, the, the counterproductivity when you take something to its extremist level, no matter what it is, how counterproductive that is to your cause. Mm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's many times I said on air, you've just fucking felled an ally. Is all you've done there. Yeah, you brought down someone's career whilst the real villains run rampant. Mm. Because, you know, the way something's been worded, or you've decided what they mean by what they've said, even if they've denied it, said, no, that's not at all what I meant. Yeah. Um, you know, all that sort of thing. And, and it is, it's a, uh, like, I don't want to sound extreme, but it's fucking terrorism. That's how, that's the basis of terrorism. It's emotional terrorism. It's to make people yeah. terrified of saying something, or terrified of going to work in case a bomb goes off. It's exactly the same thing. It's making a comedian, for example, which is closer to my heart, terrified of going a certain direction with their ad because they're terrified that they're going to get fucking... What do they call well, it? Cancelled. Cancelled, well, that's, yeah, yeah. The, that's the equivalent of what I did, because, you know, I just said, this is how I feel about it. I'm, I don't like actors being hypocritical about stuff. Is it an option for you? To shut my mouth no, and go no, away. No, 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 <laughs> yeah. no. Well, well, kind of, kind of, yeah. And I don't mean that, I think no. you should. What I mean is, I think about this regularly, and I kind of have in my real life, I yeah. kind of have fucked off. <laughs> and yeah. live a little hermit lifestyle and stuff and I come down to the big smoke once every two weeks mm. do this and then run away again very fast like I, I, I don't know I, that's the best decision I ever made was literally to give up stand up come out of it completely mm. not give up I always to stop doing stand up yeah. I always colour myself when I say give up because yeah. it sounds like yeah. I failed it in some way you in some way yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no packed it in yeah just doing my own stuff doing independent stuff this is the only thing I do now that's attributable to another company mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess really and I don't have any restrictions put on me in this and just fucked off and I, and I think that I'm slightly worried that where I live now is going to start getting full <laughs> when, right. when people go I might move to them woods <laughs> I, knew, I moved to the woods for years and then I had to come back for kids and school and stuff but okay. I much preferred the woods brilliant isn't it yeah, yeah because you know you also you've got that wonderful thing of being forced to be mates with people that you wouldn't necessarily be mates with yeah, in yeah. life because yeah. you know yeah. you, they're part of your community and you find yourself going, oh, right, I'm going to really invest in you as a person. Then you become really good mates, but you don't have a great deal in common. It's like making new school friends again when you're all shoved together. And they oh, See, I don't have that. I'm like complete hermit. Yeah, like, you I, are I, very, I, yeah, yeah there's, there's, no, you are. there's no one. I don't know anyone. Well, with also, it. you do live in the woods. It's like, what's your address? <laughs> it's it's number one, the woods. It's, uh, number one, the woods. And you, just go, <laughs> and you climb up the first tree and take the, the swing rope bridge across. And you've been to his house. I didn't know you'd been there. It's oh, not okay. quite You'll that You'll find extreme. me in Concord. I mean, it's in the quite top isolated. Branches. I had to get you to pick me up at the station. I was like, I can't walk to this place. Well, do you know what happened, actually? I know you've got to go, but I'll no, tell you quickly. What happened uh, last week is I was having something delivered to my house. It was a hard drive or something delivered to my house yeah. to, because I was transferring all my stuff. And the delivery driver I won't say from what company but he came to my house and then he attempted to do a three point turn which involved him driving across a field for some reason best known to himself he got stuck in the field wheel spinning and stuff (laughs) and it was the weirdest fucking Friday night of my life I went out and said are you stuck and he went yeah and he went, there's your parcel. And I went, what have you done? He went, it's only my second day on the job. I don't know. Oh, and he couldn't oh, no. budget. I said, how many drops have you got? He went, I've got two left. So where are they? And we looked them up on my phone. I went, come on, I'll come and do your drops. So I went delivering. Oh, I was a delivery driver for the <laughs> night. Then when we got back, the AA called and said, we're going to be at least midnight. 
And he was like, oh, no, and I went, it's fine, just come in for a cup of tea and stuff. And it was a, quite a weird moment of yeah. going from my isolation to having a stranger in yeah. the house who was very different to me as well. You know, his life was very different, but there were some real parallels as, and, and all this sort of stuff. And he told me he'd been stabbed at some point. He told me all these stories. And then when he left, it was the first time I think I've ever felt truly lonely in my house, where I went, oh, my God. Oh. But you missed him a bit. Oh, I had a new friend. Oh. <laughs> he is gone. This Go is like an entire movie. You've yeah. just given me the plot. But it, somebody told me to write it as a kid's book. Somebody actually said, right. It could either be really sweet or really horrible where yeah. it just turns out to be crazy and then that's the last. I wrote about it. No, I did a podcast about it on Patreon and this bloke said, that's the children's story waiting to happen. It's like, oh. And then I thought, no, it's a ghost story. Cup of tea was still on the table after he'd gone. I was like, oh. I can still I smell his <laughs> It was like that. So I guess there is always that sort of cling to humanity in some way. Maybe it's going to inspire the song on your next album. Well, the, the actual, the, the main song on the album, The Distance, is um, is a song about people trying to shut you up. Okay. okay. That's, so that's, okay. that's what it's about. So have you got to play this role anyway? Which role? Well, this I, I believe that this is totally you, but have you, is this your narrative for your career as well as I don't know, you, you, you know, like you get, when you're writing albums, they t they you don't start out and go, Ah, oh, this can be about this. Yeah. So uh, you collect all your songs together and you put it together and you go, ah, oh, this is kind of what it's about. So the last album I called Holding Patterns because it was about holding patterns and that's okay. what it felt about. And this one is called The Grief Observed because it's like I feel I felt sad about stuff. And then I was like, well, I feel sad about stuff. What do I really feel sad about more than anything? I feel sad about censoriousness and stopping people expressing themselves. Like just this conversation we've just had will be mis interpreted by several people who okay. will then give me grief but also it's how you work out what you think is by talking mm. that's how you work out what by you think and people get to shoot mm. you down you get to say no that's wrong that's not what i think and i go okay cool help me with my thinking and we learn from each other i can be quite combative so if uh, if people want to pile on me i kind of whine i lump like gone then son but does that not encourage people more to do it because they go, well, you, you'll get a reaction out of it, this. Weirdly, work. it doesn't because, you know, no, okay. people I speak to who've had a, been mobbed get, say it's really hurtful and I feel really upset and everything. And I'm like, well, just give it back. Hmm. And uh, they don't. And they just get more and more upset. Oh, they apologise, which is the king of yeah, all mistakes. Yeah, apologise is stupid. But isn't it sad that we live in a world where, you've got to, you, where you can't even apologise? Well, we were discussing this earlier on. Mm. You know? Something else. And, mm. yeah. Yeah. You should be able to... Uh, we, you, you, people should be able to talk. Also, you know, there are real problems in this country. Real ones. Yeah. Like housing crises, you know, and wage disparities. And, you know, just everyone's stacking up at the bottom. These are problems. Can we not just, you know, get some decent policies so yeah, that yeah, yeah. we can actually have a society where we look after everybody? Is maybe that it's, doable? Maybe it's controlled opposition. Well, that's a point, actually. Maybe it is controlled opposition. Like, I don't actually believe in conspiracies and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And again, it's part of my career to not to do not it. believe but in it. Yeah. However, things, certain things would make sense when you follow them through and just go, well, "Hang on, who's getting away with stuff because this is happening over here?" Do you, do you say you think it's? A, you think it's? A, I don't think it is. But 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 I I think that there are methodical things you can do with social media as proved by the Russians you know mm. there, there are things and Facebook there are things that you can do with social media that influence the eyes of the people that you don't want to see what you're doing away from it mm. so I don't think that they're setting things up to go have a go at him tomorrow and all that yeah. and that's being stoked however there's precedent for that with people lots of numbers after their names on Twitter and stuff that are Russian bots and all that sort of business that apparently is just true mm. I, I think there's probably more to it than meets the eye mm. in terms of the way that that Twitter, and specifically Twitter, operates mm. and, and how it can make or break someone's life and career. I, I don't I, want the state in charge of anything except healthcare and education. That's I, about it. I'd agree with that. 
you know, and mm. social care actually, mm. and all of that stuff. Mm. But get out of my life. But it won't happen because broadband. it won't happen because it'll be because it's legislated for. So at the end of the day, it's going. Oh, we have to control this, and here's why. Here's a picture of Gary Glitter. So th this is what we've got to do: is we've got to, you know, because yeah. they are literally everywhere. These pedos at the moment, right? So you, we've got to control it. If you've nothing to hide, what you're worried about, it's all very complicated. I've got something that I do need to ask you though. Before you carry on about that, I've got something that I need to. Ask. Are you on Instagram? Yes. Right. Perfect. Good at it as well. Right, forget all the poli right. forget all the politics shit. Nah. As, um, just joined join, Instagram. And she doesn't know what it is. I don't know what it is because I'm not well, on it. So can you explain to Nat I what Instagram is, please? I resisted it for many, for many years because I thought, who cares about a photo of meeting an apple? Nobody. And I'm not going to post that. It was actually a guest that I was trying to get on for the show who the only way that they would reply was through Instagram. They wouldn't reply for the text. Who was the guest? He, he is a rapper. So, um, and he knows about it because I've told him I've joined well, Instagram. Merkston, his name is. Right. Uh, and he found it very funny that I joined because of him. But now I'm not, I don't know what to do with it. Now, yeah. you're good on it. Am I? I'm looking at yours, yeah? Give me some <laughs> tips. All he's talking about is how many people he upsets all the time. Well, no, but, not on Instagram. He's got a very healthy following. Okay. I think you've got. I think the key to all social media and Instagram is not to is to mock yourself a bit. So you know, is to not go. If you're going to go, my life is perfect, which is what everyone wants to do on Instagram. Let the people that have got a brain know that you're also saying ha 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 ha. Okay. And you're not trying to rub it in. Because it's, you know, I mean, sometimes amazing things will happen. You'll go on holiday. I went on holiday with the kids the other week and we rode horses in the sea. And I was just like... In the sea? Yeah, what, in how? the sea. Well, like underwater? Just they, the horses. Not underwater the horses, horse horses. riding. <laughs> Jesus we were Christ. riding seahorses. It was really expensive. <laughs> Did you know, like galloping across oh, the, the waves? And it was yeah. like, this is a wonderful Are you life. dead posh? I'm pretty posh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, I identify as upper middle you, class. Well, you do though. come right, from okay. an acting okay. family. Who's your acting family? Foxes. What, like out of the Disney films? Yeah, yeah, it's those foxes. <laughs> the it fantastic Mr. Fox. My dad is fantastic I said, okay. Mr. Fox. So we've had on quite a lot on the show, Will Attenborough. My brother is the fox of the house. Like, <laughs> oh, from the Attenborough dynasty, we've had. And you asked Will, are you related to David? Like, well, obviously, his name's Attenborough. That's not obviously. I think and it would also be. Fox, Actually, I'm not going to make any jumps Could be related to, to Samantha Fox, Samantha? She I, and your... I wish I was related to Samantha Fox. No, I'm not. Oh. Why? Why do you wish you were? Well, when I was young, Samantha Fox was quite a, quite a big deal. So you wish you were related to her? How fucking weird she is that? She was dead famous. She? What sort of weird thing is that to say? Oh, I wish Samantha Fox was my sister. Trying to give another fox. <laughs> I'm not quite sure where to go. You've not sold that very well at all. Just no. say I wish, you, I wish I knew her. I wish I knew her. That's fine. Don't oh. say you wish you were related to her. It could be a relation by marriage. It'd be fine. Exactly. Edward Fox. Thank you. Edward Edward back here, Lawrence. Why I did you it. have Thank to go you. to the toilet? That's friend. what I thought. Why did you do that? We were still exactly relationship by yeah, marriage, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I could steal <laughs> her off my brother. Exactly. Okay, fine. Thank you. Who's your brother then? Who's your brother? One of a famous fox. Michael J. Michael J. Is it Michael J? Michael J. Is my brother, and Jay. Jamie, Jamie is, Fox, is yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got the guy from Lost, Matthew, 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 Matthew Fox from Lost. He's also in the Fox family. Is Edward Fox one? Did I get Edward Fox Edward right? Edward Fox is right, yeah, he's my uncle. Okay. Samantha Fox, James. we've already been through. James is my dad, yeah. She, I, I don't, I don't even know who that is, I'm sorry. I know, I know. Have, do they, have they moved televisions to the wood yet? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I stand on top of the tree <laughs> with a coat Who's James Fox? He's an actor. No, but what, you're going to hear me more than that. I know he's an actor. You've just he's told me He's been that. in lots of things, though. I've all, I've what's his most famous thing that he's done? He, uh, well, what's he been in recently? Was he in, he, he's oh, in performance. Was he in performance, right? Performance Mick Jagger is, film. Oh, God, back in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, okay. He was, he was a big cheese back in the 70s. Fine, okay. And then, it, then he, now he sort of takes it easy and walks the dogs. Perfect. And he works still, but he's not... Um, Doing loads of gear and having a massive okay. great time. So, like he was Fox, a performance. James Fox and Lawrence Fox. Yes, and That's the or, Fox and, and Amelia. Fox. Amelia Fox. Why do I know Amelia Fox? Silent Witness. Do you watch that? No. No. 
Oh, 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 oh. Amelia Fox. Yep. He's coming to you. No, she was in... Oh, and Freddie. How old is she? She's an actor too, isn't he? Yeah. She's... Oh, I don't know. She's a lady, darling, so she's probably my... Okay, what sort of age group? Yeah, your age group. Was it Amelia Fox that was in Randall and Hopcote back in the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that her? That's her. And then has she, like, done, like... Proper Loads well since yeah, then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, there you go. I've got yeah. that. See, I remember. Was she in Star Wars? A Star Wars film? If she was in Star Wars, I'm going to be livid because that means <laughs> she can do the Comic Cons and stuff. Oh, I think no. she's a secret one. <laughs> or maybe I've got it wrong. I know who she was from. I remember Randall and Hopkins, yeah. Vic and Bob. Mm. Yeah. What's yeah. her relation to you? She is my cousin. Right. Cousin. And what's Freddie okay. to you? Cousin. Okay, so he, I wrote from the um, show, is it Russell T. Davis? Is it Russell T. The Cucumber. It was on Channel 4 okay, a while yeah, ago. Yeah. Really, really good. So, in that case, then, what I'm saying about all this, like, Illuminati and hidden things yeah. and all that, this, this family is exactly that. So, <laughs> so, this is controlled opposition now. Right, okay. They're sending him out to go, go on, go and wind them all up, get them all wound up. And yeah. meanwhile, this acting dynasty is monopolising the entertainment industry. You'll look out the window later on and you'll just see this guy dressed in a full monk's habit. Being. <laughs> <laughs> himself some barbed wire yeah and then he'll just look at you and go like this yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then one of them window cleaning things will come up and it'll be james fox <laughs> what do you mean you fucking don't know where i am no he'll just come up and go you're cancelled oh my god that would be the most sinister thing i think i've ever seen it wouldn't because i'd turn around and go from what oh fair enough <laughs> from the words you can you're gonna get sacked sacked from what mate right. um it's been lovely chatting to you, you man too like it really has. I think it's an interesting thing, and I think it is. It's a parapet thing, isn't it? It's all that. I, I find it quite a... Uh... Well, you've obviously done it, haven't you, at some point? And you've gone, you know what? I've, I've done my bit, and I'm in a different place. I think because it grates me, mm. that I think, you, you know, I don't really want to go... I'm just not going to say anything. No, but I get it. Well, but I think that's what I did, and I keep talking about this on the show, but with I did a lot of mental health stuff and mm. shows about mental health and all that sort of thing. And it got to the point where, well, I, no, that's enough of that now because cause I didn't like who my peer group were becoming. It's like, right. what are you all talking about, you fucking agoraphobic? You stood in front of a thousand people. What, do, do, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. I was like, oh, no, I'm not... Yeah, you kind of become a single-issue political party once you raise any question. And my one I've suddenly got onto is free speech and stuff like that. And, yeah. it's, and I mean, I'm suddenly getting followed by a load of people and I go to their profiles and it's like, free speech, uh, totally. And, you know, it's, you also then get followed by the opposite of them. Well, you'll get followed by a load of auto cunts as well. Christy Hind has asked me for your contact details. That's a text Christy message Hind I haven't had. Would you look at that? That's what? I know, right? Well, you honestly come here today <laughs> just, just to go. I'll read that out in the end. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I keep getting, I keep getting missed. I keep missing calls. It's because I've got to go on to do. I'm, t I'm still in the. Two, oh, two oh, this will upset you. Yeah. Amelia Fox wants to go out for dinner with you. How about oh, that? you'd be lovely. <laughs> yeah, you'd be you lovely like for Amelia. <laughs> oh, thank you, mate. That's she's, nice. she's, um, she's, she's proper amazing woman. She is. Is she married? She's not. I don't think so. Brilliant. Okay, let's get her on the show. She's not married. She's extremely kind. And very beautiful. She's not bothered nice. about beautiful. You're not? No, not in the slightest. That's good. Because <laughs> <laughs> No, that's perfect. That is the perfect out. <laughs> well, a grief observed is out now, and the distance which we're gonna play is also out now. Cheers, Sweet. Lawrence. Thanks, guys. Lawrence Fox from his new album, A Grief Observed. That was called The Distance. Uh, we're joined now by Stefan Pierre Mitchell. What's up now? I've taken his headphones. I apologise. Do his. I have to wait? His. No, you don't have to. Sorry, the guest, the next guest. Very dismissive, Sorry, wasn't it? Didn't, didn't even look at him, just threw oh, some headphones at him. Yes, now you can hear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're talking about the documentary Deleted. Now, what I will tell you is, I personally have not witnessed this. However, my producer, Natalie, has. Mm, I have and seen she it. said that it moved her greatly. 
I said I found it profoundly moving, actually, yeah. Thank you. Okay. What's that answer you done? That's all good. Thank you for coming in anyway. <laughs> 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 Any questions? Why? <laughs> well, um, no, I don't know. You know, with creatives, like, you know, like people say, oh, it's great. It's like, uh, if you ask me, I'm like, I could have done so much better. I could have done this. Um, and I'm still going yeah. on and on and on what I could have changed. And well, I found um, him a very, uh, Ahmed, a very likeable uh, character. Um, do you he, want to say what, what it's actually about? <clears throat> well, it's, it's about this man who is in the, the final few hours before he gets evicted from where he lives and mm -hmm. he has to go and live out on the street. Um, and I think there's something about his demeanour, that his, his positivity yeah. in the face of what is about to happen. Yeah. And I found it really kind of sad. There's a scene where he's dancing and he's got a lot of joy. And I thought, oh, God, that really kind of was touching. because oh, this he's, is a documentary. This yeah. is a documentary. It's a 20-minute documentary. Okay. And there's also a scene of him towards the end where he's having a shower, and it's kind of his final shower before he gets put out on the street. And I think, I think it's, I mean, it's not a secret, is it, that he's since passed yeah. on? Yeah, okay. But it isn't because I read it on a newspaper article. But I think kind of knowing that and seeing that in the face of his whole life is about to change. He's about to be choked up? thrown up. No, no, not at all. No, well, but can you? He's about to be thrown out on the street, but he still is talking kind of positive. Positive, yeah. I, I think he he was quite inspiring for me. That you know, there's a lot of people we watch sometimes on Channel Four. You know, they live on benefits from yeah. family to family, and to see this middle class man mm. who, um, you know, first of all, he got evicted because he got evicted because he was suspended. For six months, okay. Because he gone to a doctor's appointment. Because the yeah. doctor's appointment, and this is why I made the documentary about the bureaucracy that is happening within the departments for works and pension, um, with this automatic system, computerized system, and people on benefit do not have contract funds like people that are working. Yeah. And you're often sometimes on that phone for two hours, so his yeah. credit ran out couldn't make it to his appointment and he got suspended for six months okay and that after that six so his months, benefits were suspended mm. yeah mm. right okay i mean this is a um it's a little bugbear for me because i've got in private quite angry about this sort of thing of late and this as this thing has got to stop this idea of the media representing people who are poor mm. as in a demonic way so things like benefit cheats and all that sort of shit yeah all them sort of programs i think need to be brought to a stop as quick as jeremy kyle was brought to a stop it's, it's got to stop that because yeah. mm -hmm. that is just not that's not okay mm -hmm. we have a government at the moment who relish that absolutely fucking relish that you know it's like oh brilliant they think that the poor are the baddies yeah do you know what i mean where actually we are the baddies us oxford lot you know so it's that sort of thing so mm. that really strikes home to me and isn't it a shame that you have to, we, you'd have to go to the length of going, well, we'll have to find a middle-class person, you know, someone that's effective, when it's affecting fucking everyone. 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 Mm. So what was interesting about Ahmed is, like, he knocked on my door asking for food. Right, and I was okay. Quite, is that how you met him? Uh, so I met him. I was quite baffled by the way he spoke, and he was so well-spoken. And so what happened with him? He had a divorce at a very late time in his life. Okay. At 58, getting a divorce. Yeah. And he had to move out of the house into the house of benefits and, you know, housing benefits and all of this. And so he wasn't very used to all this, you know, bureaucracy, this and press that and press this. And, you know, he, after six months of being suspended, the landlord kicked him out. Um, he felt freedom on the street. Did he? Okay. He okay. felt in the sense that you're not you know, at the back of your head all the time, you know, sign this, do this, so much paper and the mm. bureaucracy that goes with the Department for Works and Pension. Mm. Uh, but why I did the documentary is that we do not speak of how many homeless people about have been found dead on the streets. Mm. There's a big number. It's an epidemic now. Yeah. And we don't talk about it. And he mm. also died as well. 
Yeah. Did, so did yeah. he? Did he die? Yeah. Resultant of being yeah, on the yeah, streets? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Because yeah. he didn't know, did he, that he had cancer? Yeah, obviously he didn't go and see a doctor. Oh, it was that. Okay. Yeah. And then that's what he did. Pneumonia and cancer and all of those things. Well, I speak to a guy every time I come to Food Bar at, at Caledonian Station, and um, he's, he's often knocking about there. And I've spoken to him for years now, mm. and give him cash every time I see him, and all that. You know, oh, brilliant me! But you know, there was a period of time when it was very, very cold, and he wasn't there for. Do you remember? And I was really yeah, worried about yeah, him. Yeah, you were. It was like a two-month period. I was like, "Where's that bloke?" Like I speak to him every time I'm here. He's always there. Yeah. Why is he not there? And I, I had a moment then of just going. I think there was one point where I said to you, of course he's fucking dead, look at the weather. Yeah. Of course he's dead. But he, was, he wasn't, I've seen him since, but he had been very ill. Yeah. He's now got a very bad neck problem where his head's tilted to the side mm. all the time now. I don't mean to say who it is, but mm. it, you know, he's been very, very poorly. Um, and I think it's bizarre to me that anyone would be surprised that the homeless are dying in droves. Yeah. Why would that be a surprise? I know, but it's just the numbers are increasing and it's so high. And I think to me, I looked at it, it's, it comes to the mental health. Yeah. Massive, massive mental health works hand in hand with homeless. And, you know, it takes your mental health to be able to give up. You're giving up on life and to just be on the street. And, you know, there's a, there's a bigger problem here. Um, some people say, oh, look at them. You know, they're druggies, they're drunkards, they're this. But it comes back to mental health. Right. Rejection, and I think it comes back to home. To me, the problem is at home. Okay. Um, I kind of look at it, you know, when you're rejected, you're this, then you're quite sad, and you're getting quite, you feel quite lonely. Then you make these radical decisions by going on the street, and so I think the mental health situation is a big crisis that might lead to this. Okay. Um, start at homes, friends. I've lost two friends this year that quite shocked me. And the fact that it was a proper big blog, having a life, just became a father. And to commit that suicidal thing, I never thought he would have that problem. Okay. But sometimes it's not asking, are you okay? Because the answer will always be, I'm okay. Mm. It's more like reminding people, wow, you made my shift. He was my manager. And I remember sending him a message before he did that. That Garrett, you just you were one of the best people at my work, and he says, Stefan, that made me so happy, you know, yeah, just yeah. telling me. And simple things like this, reminding people about what they've done and how impactful they've been. You can save life. Yeah, and especially men don't talk. I, I think they do really, but I know, I know you mean. I think it's less than, than don't, perhaps, don't. yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I think they do. But I feel like sometimes the when they have a campaign. You know that a mental health charity will do, or whoever does it. Sometimes I think they miss the mark. So I think sometimes they, like like you say, asking someone if they're okay, you're not going to get the right answer back. Mm -mm. And asking, so, do you know what I mean? Even at my at my worst depression, if somebody close to me was saying, "Are you okay?" every ten minutes, I'd be like, "Will you fucking stop asking me yeah. if I'm okay?" That would just annoy me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. However, if somebody just shows that I'm important to them. In a nondescript yeah. way, you, you know, or calls or whatever, or because sometimes people call me and I'm like, I'm really busy. <laughs> you couldn't have called at a worse time. Please stop texting me. You know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's not, yeah. you, you know, it's, it's such a delicate thing. But I, I don't think it's difficult to let the people you care about know you care about them or to thank somebody who you're working with. Yeah. I mean, I won't thank her, but, but do you know what I mean? It, it's not hard, is it? No. But, but for all our relationship yeah. on air, yeah, yeah. you and me from time to... I've certainly demonstrated to you from time to time yeah. that 
if you're in the shit, that you, you can talk well, to me. There are several times when I've texted you something and I've been upset. You've called me straight away. Yeah. You've been like, yeah. oh, let me call you. And so that, yeah, that's, in real life, that's yeah. all it actually takes. Yeah. yeah. In real, you know what I mean? Yeah. There doesn't need to be a, a method of doing a method it. Of no, doing, no. I think, are you okay, actually, for me personally, as a sentence, it, it, it's actually, it's never not annoying. Because if, you know, when I'm like, if you're in a bad mood or you're tired, you're okay. You're like, I don't want to get, I'm fine. Just stop asking if I'm okay. Yeah. I think that that in itself... I don't know if that's the best way thing to say to anybody, really. So like, if I'm not, I'm going to tell you. But like, I don't know. You know, people say, "Oh, smile. Are you okay?" Like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Just shut up. Just stop asking me. But, but you're right. What you said there about about somebody saying just saying something pleasant. Yeah. Much nicer. That's a much yeah. Yeah. And you feel like. And with regards to the homeless population, d- don't ignore them. <laughs> like, no. yeah. That's right. simple. You don't have to give them money if you can't. No. So you can't. Just, you can't fucking. But don't ignore them. Yeah. Like, put, like, that, that's the worst thing for me. I can't fucking bear that when I see people walk past somebody who is talking to them yeah. and saying, yeah. can you help? And you can just go, I'm so sorry, I've, I've not, you know. Yeah, like acknowledging them, even if you're like, I haven't got any money to give you, but it's the uh, treating like they're invisible. Yeah, you just can't yeah the see acknowledgement them. of existence. Yeah. Somebody said to me, it's like, oh, wow, you looked into my eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And, and that really touched me. It's like, people don't look into my eyes. It was this young bloke and he had lots of hair. It's like, and... I was like, oh, God, I see what I can have. But then I was really looking into his eyes. It's like, oh, my God, you're actually looking into my eyes. And like you said, we're not even acknowledging them anymore. Imagine a human being have to thank someone for looking at yeah. me. That is yeah. fucking bonkers. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you how you met him, but you've told me. Yeah, he just, yeah, he just rocked so up. So he was just going down your road, knocking on different yeah. people's doors. And I, wonder I think he kept seeing me for a few months or probably going into my house. And he, I think he thought I was Indian. Okay. Right. And I said, no, I'm mixed race, Caribbean and white. Yeah. Right. But he's like, oh, right. I felt more comfortable with you coming to you. Okay. And that's what he said. Okay. So this uh, was when he was still in the flat. But he Did he know that he was being evicted at this point when he knocked on uh, the door? At that time, no. It was okay. a few months. So I kind of, you know, got to know him. Then now and then, two weeks, he pops down for, have you got like milk? Have you got this? Have you got bread? And I used yeah. to sort of help him out. And, yeah. You know, then he's like, oh, you know, I, I, you know, I have the eviction in, you know, a month time. You know, that's it. I was like, what are you going to do? I said, look, hold on, you know, go find a hostel. No, I can't be bothered. At my age, I cannot be bothered. I've gone through so much with the department. So, do you know what? I'm just going to take everything out wherever I can, and I'm just going to be in the street. Yeah. And what I'm going to do is he kept throughout of the time that he was on the street. During the day, you think he's not homeless. Okay. He was well-dressed, yeah. yep. looking for work at the job center. Got you. And during the night, he slept in the buses. Yeah, which okay. he said, and I can imagine, you don't really... You know, your sleep is broken. First of all, you're worried that someone's going to come and say you shouldn't be on this bus. Mm. Second of all, you might fall asleep and someone just takes your stuff yeah. off you. So mm. it's not like it's a great sleep that sleep. you're going to have on a bus. Because he did say that in the documentaries, like you're not really sleeping. You're no. still aware that somebody might throw you out or somebody yeah. might take your bag. You're on guard. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, he's, you know, when we did the documentary, we stayed all night just with the camera waiting till he woke up. And when we woke up, I was like, right, roll the camera. Because yeah. what we did, we just followed him throughout the night to see what he's doing. Um, so he was looking for work during daytime, nighttime. He would sleep roughly in buses and things. Did he see the film? Yes. He did see it, yeah. It was wonderful to get that random knock again, as I usually do at my house. And he asked if I could have a shower. It's like, oh, my God, Ahmed, where have you been? I've been trying to get hold of you. Right. But anyway, we have the film here. It was emotional. We laughed. We cried together. Yeah. And I said, if we ever make it to the festival and if you get through this... I'm going to have your front row and just a mention. And I remember him saying, God, Stefan, you made me fucking look 
good in this world. <laughs> Even in his time, yeah. he didn't lose it. But he was very frail. Okay. I remember. Mm. But he had this energy about him. So I look beautiful. Imagine me on the big screen. And his favorite spot for the last 20 years was the South Bank and BFI okay. and the National Theatre. Yeah. Every Saturday he would spend time. And if he has a coin or two, he will see a play or you see a film. And it's weird that we're, we're heading to Triforce on the 30th at the BFI. Yeah. And to know that this film has been accepted among mm. some amazing films. And so this film is screening at the BFI on the 30th, and, and that's Ahmed's favorite spot. And mm. we spoke about it this February. Imagine my face blown on the cinema with my beautiful hair. He loved his hair. Yeah. And it was an emotional thing. I asked him to come back, and I never saw him again. Right, okay. And that was it. How it did you find out that he had passed? Another, died. during the time that... Died. Past died. Uh, past, what do you sometimes say? Away. I think past. Away. Yeah, That's what like, you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Away, past. Past is like you're just moving. Yeah, yeah, true, you know? true, yeah. Uh, but I know some people might say past. Some people that probably first language is not English, they might not understand, like you said, you yeah. know, past. Oh, yeah, oh what is he passing? I often do say, oh, he's away. He's away. That's he's what away. I like it. Yeah. Um. So I, I, we just did the premiere in Leicester Square. Okay. And and um, funny enough, on the 11th of May, uh, it was the first time Deleted got out. I walked into the theatre and I started shaking as soon as his face came up. And I don't know what was wrong with me on that day. Where were we showing at? Where was that? At the British Independent Film okay, Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. kicked off with that in May. And that was day 11. I remember all day I was not myself. I did not go for the war ceremony on the evening. I just couldn't get right. It died on that day. Okay. Two o'clock, so right. whatever was happening. And the Monday was a Saturday. I had a knock from another homeless man. Oh, hello. Uh, by the way, um, are you coming to Ahmed's funeral? Oh. Oh, my fuck. face oh. dropped. Yeah. It's tomorrow at the cemetery. I was like, I said, what happened? Oh, he died on, on Saturday, two o'clock. I was like, that's why I started crying in the audience. Right. And I felt like he's... Energy was there as soon as he switched on. That was the when he gave up his ghost exactly two o'clock, 11th, and that's exactly when the film started. Right. And I was like, That what makes sense why I was so distressed all day mm. at the festival. All day, it was the first time I saw the film on the big screen. I got quite upset watching him, um, and I was quite distressed. And it happened to be that, that they died on the 11th of May. I do want to put on the film credit how he died because. I felt it was too much details. Mm -hmm. yeah, and okay. I just wanted to keep it simple. He passed away in May 2019. Yeah. Um, but when I heard how he died, he was found unconscious. He was in coma for three weeks in the hospital. Right. And finally passed Finally passed away. Um, so he yeah. never saw it in the cinema? He never saw it himself in the No, history. but I'm glad he saw. Oh, well, give him a like, get him a fucking seat. Just stick a seat at the front. Uh, I Do you will. know what I mean? Yeah, I just will get him a seat. Yeah. Get a seat and just, you know, keep it, you know, an empty seat. And I know he sits there right yeah. in front to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I reckon so. I'll pay for that. I'll pay for a seat if you, if you want. Don't mind doing that. <laughs> Aren't I brilliant? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that, but do you know what I mean? I think yeah. that's quite a nice symbolic thing to yeah, do. Yeah, it's, it's just interesting that uh, the BFI was, you know, it was his favourite spot. Yeah, 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 of course. And, mm. you know, to know that every Saturday for four hours you run there looking at the books outside South Bank and then the cinema, sometimes they have promotions, sometimes the National Theatre. He used to take his daughter to, to see a play or two. And to know that this screening there, um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's remarkable for... No, I hear you, man. 
Well, look, well done, man, on doing it. It's you know, must, there must be a like such an hard thing to go through, and then obviously subsequently with what's happened since. Um, so well done on actually completing Thank it and getting you. it made. And I'm glad that he saw it, you know. Yeah. And, and I'm glad that he liked it. And, mm. and all them things, I think, are really important. And you know what I mean? I, I guess his story now, I mean, horribly, by the fact that he's away, that draws more light onto this horrible yeah. situation that people, mm. you know, some people, unfortunately, people find themselves in. Lots of unfortunate people find themselves in. So, you know, that's a, you know, that's a... I've been, I've been upsetting so many festivals like my next film has to be some comedy like I can't no you do it you do what you do man you do what you know. yeah, it's like you know it's, it's been like everyone's like oh my god I'm, I, I got to know him I felt yeah. like I knew him yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. I knew I this was hard man. at the end when we yeah. saw the credits saying he's, he's died part of, he's away yeah that was really like no, hit you like yeah. oh my god okay because I'd really liked him yeah really yeah there are people really to drawn win. to yeah. him but I think but that, that shows you more the tr what the fucking tragedy it's, is yeah. Yeah. that shows you more Sorry, what are you about to say? Yeah, it's just, you know, with documentary suits, it, there were four people and some people backed away, but he still had the boldness to be in front of that camera. Good, yeah. And and to carry on this and, you know, kind of send that message because that's why he did it. For yeah. Um, I've reached Matt, yeah, I'm dead proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Oh. I actually am, I am. <laughs> Genuinely. Um, thanks for coming in today. Thank the you, Ian, for having me. I hope you guys great guns. Uh, the film is called Deleted. Um, festival White Nat, you normally do all this stuff. Oh yes, it's festival. It's going to be uh, on the thirtieth of November at the Triforce Film Festival in the South Bank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're just screening Winchester, and um, they've awarded the best documentary as well, which was quite surreal. There was a few great documentaries that were there yeah. on climate change, the Syria war, mm -hmm. and it drawn the festival and the big prize went to deleted which was like happened this Saturday and I was a bit like shocked you know the Winchester Film Festival I was like yeah. I didn't expect it um, because you see some festivals that I've gone through and like the same documentaries I kind of met at long and this time around went to deleted rather than the climate change okay um, so Winchester went great we went in Edinburgh as well um, United States last week at the same time so it's going not just the UK, but across the Brilliant. Atlantic as well. Brilliant. Well, thank you for coming in. Thank you for thank having us. Um, thank you also to Jay Foreman for coming in. Thank you to Lawrence Fox for coming in. Um, we've got a bit of an issue here, haven't we? We've really overrun, so you've got to cut some of this out. Yes, I do. It's Good luck, fine. Matt. No, just See you next week. <laughs> I timed that well, though. Yeah. You've been listening to a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com.